Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 215, Fast and Furious, lap 10. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode's brought to you by the Wright Brothers Wind Tunnel at MIT. It has been a powerful testing tool for aviation and spaceflight innovation, advancing research for industry leaders, as well as for MIT. Shout out to the Wright Brothers Wind Tunnel at MIT. Well, shout out to the Wright Brothers, and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. After the break, we will be talking about Fast and Furious for the 10th time. But Joe, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to since we last recorded? Well, since we last did one of the main feed episodes. Nothing super duper much watching sports thing. Oh, I tweeted it, but um, on Friday morning, I dropped the Turbos for Tots toys package off. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. At the, our local classic rock station is 99.1 PLR in Connecticut. Um, they have a the giant rock. toy drive. <laughs> yeah, the, the rock. I, they don't, they don't say that actually. They just say 99.1 PLR. I wish they had like a cool tagline, but they, they kind of don't. So I listen to those guys. Uh, there's two guys in the morning, obviously. And I listen to those guys as I drive to work most days. And, um, they had a toy drive. So they had it at, I think I've said this to you before, but they had it at the furniture store. Did I ever tell you about this? That like I don't think the... so. This is new. This sounds new to me. Okay, so apparently, I don't know if it's all of New England, but definitely Connecticut. There, there's a there's a bunch of furniture stores. I don't know why, and I'm not talking just IKEA. Just there's like a bunch of them. One of them that's around here is called Jordan's, and apparently, yes, all the... yes, you took you've taken me to Jordan's with the largest indoor rope course, course. in the world. <laughs> yes. yes, because mm-hmm. all of the furniture stores have this weird gimmick. But anyways, they were collecting all the cor- Jordan's furnitures. Yeah, no, 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 all the all the furniture stores. Like it's not IKEA. Like like I think there's Raymore and Flanagan's has like a banquet hall, and like they they all have like not the Raymore by me, but maybe maybe I don't know. I'm Who saying knows? around here, there's like a lot of like banquet okay. halls, and like Jordan's has the ropes course. All the Jordans is have different things, but like my friend went to prom at a furniture store. Cool. Okay. Okay. Which it kind of makes sense, but it's also weird. This is Get something that friend that I, on high school slumber party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I he's <laughs> that would just spiral out of control if Brian could tap into his brain. So that, I don't know how that would work. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was at Jordan's Furniture Store, which has the largest indoor ropes course in America or the world. I forget which one. Like they were broadcasting the morning show from there. Uh, we dropped it off. There was a whole bunch of toys, but they go you know locally to the New Haven community which is cool for me because that's where i live and um it's actually there's like you know lots of very poor sections of new haven so hopefully the some kids got some cool spy racers toys for christmas or will and that'll be really awesome yeah for sure but other than that um not too much uh what about you and then we well obviously then we can say yeah (sighs) i have had such a week i mean it's been a great week but i was like why am i so tired today other than just the fact that it's december and this is the busiest time of the year it's like oh because i normally don't do anything and now i'm doing everything so yes last wednesday we recorded last tuesday last wednesday i was going to watch the matrix see the matrix and imax and then at like four o'clock dan the duke hayden past guest patron of the show oh yeah this says Hey, you know, I know it's kind of last minute, but do you want to go to the Rangers game tonight? My friend has an extra ticket for the box seats, and uh, you want to go? And I was like, yes, but I don't know if I can because I have a work call, and I'm, I've am i got a lot of things to do. I'm like, let me figure out if I can do this. Yeah. 
So I like do some math. I'm like, okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna drive like halfway there, and then I'm gonna pull off to the side of the road, and I'm gonna take the work call from the car, and then I'm just gonna go the rest of the way. And so uh, it was not that complicated. I got there in the end with no issue. Do you have no public transport there? Did you actually drive and park at MSG? I can take the train from my town, but it's like $32 and not nonstop. It's terrible. Okay. Uh, so what I did is I took the train, I drove to Secaucus and parked in Secaucus and took the train in, because Secaucus is the last stop in New Jersey before I get okay. to New York Penn. We, yeah, we do that in Stanford for the same thing in Connecticut. There's like an express that runs from Stanford, so if we drive like 40 minutes to Stanford or whatever, we can catch the express and it yep. goes straight to, yeah, Grand Central. So normally I either do that or I will drive to Jersey City and park and take the path in, which is a different train line, but yeah. it's one or the other. So I did that. I walked into the box, into the suite as the National Anthem was starting. So I was like, this is perfect timing. timing. Dude, yeah. The Rangers were up two to one in the first First. period, which was cool. And then Benny Benassi played a a techno set. Like he he DJed a set between periods. Yeah, he was there in person. Okay, cool. Didn't I show you? or No, I played it for somebody else. Uh, I I could show you. you, I could send you the the trailer. Or not the trailer, Jesus. The the video that I filmed of him. Yeah, you said he was like, you were like, oh, Benny Benassi played. And I couldn't tell if you meant... Benny no, Benassi, yeah, he was the there. Song or him DJing something. Yeah, like hold on, song. I'll just send it to you while I'm talking. You don't cool. need to listen to it. It's satisfaction though. They're up two to one, and then in the second period, the Avalanche score five goals, <laughs> so the Rangers are down six two, and they lose <laughs> yeah. seven to three. So I saw not only did I see a game from an amazing suite, I'd never seen a game at. I'd seen like six or seven concerts at MSG, but I've never seen a game, either a Knicks game or a Rangers game there. So I finally saw cool. a Rangers game, which was cool. Saw ten goals, saw a great fight. You know, yeah. had free food, uh, free food, free booze. It was the best. It was awesome. Um, as a big hockey fan, I was taking a shower when you texted me, and then um, as I'm coming out, I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll definitely watch that game now. But just to let you know, the Rangers put in this guy who's playing in his first NHL game, and the Avalanche yes. are really nasty. And as I turned it on, it was like two minutes in. It was already one nothing Abs. And I was like, okay. So then the Rangers scored two to make it interesting, and then the Abs just go off on this yep. kid. So yep. um, you did see a great get- Ten goals, though. I mean, that's Ten pretty goals cool. goals is crazy. And there was crazy. a couple, like, really pretty ones, too. I'm a big Abs yeah. fan. They're, like, one of the most fun teams. They're, you know, what are they? Uh, essentially, like, the Chiefs of the NHL, right? Like, they'll just, like, put up a crazy score. They're kind of young and fun. Like, yeah. I had a good time. And then Thursday, I went up to Montclair with Bob to see this movie Drive My Car, which we talked about, I think, in here very briefly. Maybe not on here. But it's a three-hour-long Japanese movie. Ooh. There's so much time spent in a car. It's a, a <laughs> Saab 900 Turbo. What year is it set? Like, 80s? No, it's modern day. The guy just, it's a really old car that he's taking really good care of, and he just loves driving that car, except he's okay. not really driving the car. It's a whole thing. Uh, it's a great movie, and it's one of those ones that, like, is likely going to be one of the, you know, I think it's going to be nominated for Best Foreign Feature. Like, okay. it's not, it's, you know, it's not going to be yeah. Best Picture, I don't think, but it's very good. So I really enjoy that, because that's only in select indie theaters, so we saw that on Thursday night. Cool. Then I came home and watched a football game that we will not talk about, for because <laughs> neither of us want to talk about that football game. It was It wasn't good for either of us. No. Not really. Friday, I drove up to Providence to see, she's emailed in before, a friend of the show, Desiree Curry, uh, because she was having her birthdays on Christmas, or Christmas falls on her birthday, if we want to talk about it in real terms. And so she was having a holiday party slash birthday party, and also on Friday sort of did like a little birthday thing for me. She baked a cake that you had some of, and you really liked the cake. It was awesome. It's really, really good. Yeah. She ate dinner next to Sung Kang once, which I talked about on the show. She met oh, him. Cool. Yes. So that's that was the story there. So she has a holiday birthday party, whatever. Jordan 
past guests of the show, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Paul, and Clark comes up. We have a great time. That's Friday into Saturday. We have I eat so much food on Friday because she's a great cook, and her cousin Mikey is a great, or her cousin Mike is a great cook, and just there's so much food. It was unbelievable. And then on the way home, because like basically halfway between their house in Rhode Island and my house is your house. So yep. on Saturday night after I had dinner. In Rhode Island, I came up and or came down, I guess, down. stopped, stayed with you. We watched some TV. We watched the Patreon movie, The Boxer's Omen. Which and is then, wild. Very, yes, very yes, weird. Very, very wild. Yeah. Hung out. We watched football on Sunday, and I came home. And now here we are on Monday. So, like, I was like, why am I so tired? Because, oh, because I haven't had a night to just sit home and do nothing. Like, yeah, I'm glad that I have not Thursday, dude. Since Wednesday. Wednesday was the hockey game. Oh, okay. I thought the hockey game was Thursday. Yeah, so you've been no, running since Wednesday. Thursday was, yeah, and Tuesday we recorded, so, like, I haven't had a night to just, like, sit on the couch and do nothing. Like, I'm I'm glad. I'm appreciative of it because, like, I sit on the couch and do too much or do that too often, but give me a night to do nothing. So tomorrow night, I think, a night to do nothing. Sounds thankfully. perfect. Self-care. Thankfully. Self-care, yes. is, self-care is good, man. The upside to all this is that I don't have anything to talk about, like, in terms of seeing things, because I haven't really seen things. I mean, we, we talked about the Boxer's <laughs> Omen, but, you know. Yeah, but you can hear that. Too fast, too forever.com. Speaking of, we have a Patreon page, too fast, too forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, and Brian Rodriguez of High School Ooh. Slumber Party. Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Yes. Thank you all for supporting us at the $5 a month level or above. If you want those bonus episodes, if you want shoutouts on these episodes, if you want to help us pick what we watch, too fast, too forever.com, feel for good, all those things. Feel good for contributing to Toys for Children. You could mm-hmm. donate. Throw us for tots. Yeah. Swag merchandise, stickers, handwritten notes, our undying love and affection. What more could you want? Too fast, too forever.com. We also have an email address, family at cageclub.me and Joe. Whew. So cup, we, we've been... Cupeth runneth over. The cup runneth over. We've been saying for a while, like, oh, there's no emails. There's no emails. <laughs> People are busy. And now everybody emailed. <laughs> Perfect. That's fun. So buckle up. First email. There's a bunch. I mean, some are very short. Some are longer. Cool. You know. Yeah. First up. New reply to a comment on Dirty Mary Crazy Larry. <laughs> Jerry Robinson replied to Little Bit's comment. Jerry says it literally says podcast in the title, not a full feature, friend. <laughs> Jerry, I appreciate you. You know that we cannot really do that. Joey keeps it very clean and cordial. So I appreciate you. Thank you yep. for that. Yep. On a similar kind of note, so we may, first of all, somebody bought a cha-cha-cha shirt today, so shout out to whoever that is. Don't That's know awesome. anything about anything, just a sh- shirt was made, a shirt sale was made cool. overnight. But then, my favorite person who ever emails us, Hannah Sacco at Public. Hi, Too Fast, Too Fast. <laughs> I saw you had some sales come your way over the last few weeks. One, <laughs> one, yes, Hannah. One t-shirt. <laughs> There's still plenty of opportunities to make some more with last-minute shoppers ordering gifts, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I in, in, in the footer of her email, she's like, if you don't want to receive any follow-up emails from me, just let me know. So I emailed her back and I said, Hannah, I love these emails, but we make almost no sales. Please remove us from your list until we become mega superstars, at least. Thanks. So I don't know that we're going to be hearing from Hannah Sacco anymore. but heart. The poor girl. What is she going to do? She might get fired, Joey. If she doesn't have emails to send to us, what is she going to do? You might have I mean, re- it's just, we're job. just on a MailChimp mailing list at somewhere at some point, so... Yeah. We also got another comment. I'm saving the actual emails. It's just funny. I'm like, oh, we have so many emails. They're all like nonsense spam. Uh, we, got an e- we got a comment on our Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. It just says, street dogs always backs. 
I agree. Like, sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, uh, watch this movie on YouTube, blah, 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 or like whatever, yes, or yeah. uh, just another language. This is in English. I don't know what it means, though. So Street Dogs Always Backs. Street Dogs Always Backs. Shout out to them. Yep. Okay. Now the actual emails. Okay. Jerry emails in Thanksgiving. Oh, updates. Cool. So he sent this in December. It wasn't like I this got buried in the email. He sent it a couple yeah, days yeah. after Thanksgiving. Cool. Sent it last week. Hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Being with family, official and unofficial, because they're all types of family. Jerry, that's a choice you're going to have to make. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. My Thanksgiving was fun. I was first at Ileana's grandparents, then did a two-minute walk to her cousins and ate there first. Cool. One of her first. cousins is a first. I guess, yeah. I guess we got more coming. I like One it. of her cousins is a cannabis delivery driver, had six blunts on him. Jeez. Okay. Ooh. So Ileana, me, her brother, and four of her cousins went outside and smoked them all, hitting and passing. You That's to, when we did you, seconds on the food. Yeah, you take you take a walk with your with your cool cousin. You yep. and your cool cousin have to take a walk every Thanksgiving. That's the yep that's the mm-hmm. way to do it. So that's second. So that's the second round. Okay. Then we went back and forth between homes two more times. So hit seven since I had to work the next day. After that day, I was stuffed and faded like I was king of the hill. And speaking of King of the Hill, I missed that show, especially when Bobby took a woman's self-defense class and yelled, that's my purse. <laughs> Spoilers, Jerry. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm only four episodes in. Yeah, you know Joey's just started watching it, right? I think you mentioned it, but he's he's been watching. He, like, he just started watching King of the Hill, so you could you can hit him with the references whenever you want, shortly, when he catches you know what up the, a little bit. You know what the really weird thing about that is? That yesterday's episode, yesterday's episode, quote-unquote yesterday, like the one I was supposed to watch yesterday, which I've yeah. not gotten to because I was out of town, was called Westy Side Story. So, you know, West Side Story now in theaters. Uh, and there's a West Side Story movie or episode in King of the Hill. So just like, okay, you know, season one, episode six, I think. Who knows? That's that's a joke because when Joey was here, um, I've had a long conversation slash joke with Rachel that I say the, the last thing that the world needs is another West Side Story because it's been pretty much on Broadway for 60 years now. They disagree. Because one, Joey's never seen any of them, right? Like I've never seen any of them. Yeah, didn't even know till yesterday or until two days ago that it was based on Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah, mind-boggling to me because I hate musicals and I've seen at least four renditions of it. So, <laughs> like that's that was my point. But apparently, there are people that have not seen West Side Story still. So, well, that's I, still true of me. I've not seen the new one yet. Yep. Um, I, was I will at wrong. some point, but yeah. yeah. It says, despite work kicking my ass recently, I've been current. I've been playing Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, which I have. I have not played yet, really. When I have a free moment at home, I like the difficulty. It gives me a better challenge. Cool. That's cool. You know Joey's a big Pokemon fan. He's played, like, every single one. Yes, my favorite. One of my favorite all-time series. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, he says, I got my Spotify rap show, my top five podcasts, and unfortunately, Too Fast wasn't at the top, like, before, because that's your number one on my Patreon. Yes, that's the thing. So, like, in past years, we've gotten... Multiple people would be like, hey, look at all this crazy time that you we spent, you you know, I've listened to your show or whatever. But if you use I the realized Patreon that, feed, like, yes, yeah. all those people are watching on Patreon, which, please, again, I would love, to, I love seeing the Spotify wrapped, but if you are a patron, listen to that, because you're never missing anything, you get everything early, you get bonus episodes, it's right in the, it's the welcome email when you get it. it. It's the better yeah. choice. It's the yeah. only choice. Yeah, exactly. So don't feel bad, Jerry. You're doing, you're doing the Lord's work. Just like uh, Mark Hoffman are doing the Lord's work by doing my favorite movies <laughs> that have Fast and Furious games. starring he, or directed by Fast and Furious people. Yeah, Mark is always cra- like he. It, it seems like he like like once a week tweets directly at us, and I don't think he does. He just loves Fast and the Furious that much. So no, he just loves the same exact movies. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's the same thing. Like he's just you know favorite movies with driving, favorite movies with <laughs> other vehicles. It's just like yeah, okay, cool. Yep. 
Perfect. Yeah. I do love those lists, though. They're great. They're fun. I've been going to the gym three times a week. Early morning before work has been pretty good so far. I'd go after work, but that's usually when it's busy and I can't really use any machines. That's all for now. I just get up. I have to somehow get up for work, even though I'm completely sore AF. Oh, he sent us at 4.48 a.m. Pacific time. Jeez, Jerry. He's on the rock schedule. Jesus. I know. He says, be fast, never last. Don't get past or you lose that ass. Ja Rule knows <laughs> no Monica. Well, thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Keep it up, bud. That's awesome. Good job. I, you're braver than I. I'm not waking up early in the morning for anything, especially exercise. That's the last on my list of things to wake up for, but congrats to you, bud. Yeah, shout out, Jerry. Keep clanging and banging. Clanging and banging, yeah. Yeah, I, on <laughs> uh, on Saturday morning when I was at Desiree's house, I was like, I don't want to do anything, but I still woke up at 7.15. I went for my run in the morning so I could get that in, and then after I got back from your house last night, I did my run last night, so you just gotta, you gotta, no, no, can't skip leg day, which I guess, you know, when you run is every day, right? Yeah. So. Every, if you try hard enough and believe in yourself, every day is like day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Next email from Justin Kleinman, subject line, thanks for the birthday wishes. You're welcome. Yes, it was my birthday recently. I brought I bought multiple espresso machines for myself to complement the other two I already had <laughs> and my French press, cold press, mocha pot, Turkish coffee pot, and pour over. I guess I like coffee. He does. It's really awesome. He always sends me like all kinds of cool coffee updates. I, I do like coffee. Justin's dedication and fun with it makes me really, really excited. It brings me joy to see how much joy coffee things bring him. It was an insane birthday week. I'd made plans for my annual birthday dinner with three of my friends, but it was abruptly ended when on my birthday we found out Hank had COVID. Oh. Did you know that? I did not know that. No, I didn't. I hope he's okay. He says he's vaxxed and felt back to normal after a day, but that created all the issues around quarantining mm-hmm. and whatnot with our jobs, plus the concern that if either Vani or I caught it from him, we'd have to cancel our international trip for Thanksgiving. Thankfully, we didn't catch it and still did our trip. Oh, okay. However... Good birthday dinner was canceled but we decided to go camping instead which you mentioned yeah, that's a that's a fair trade though i'm glad yeah. i didn't know that you almost missed your thanksgiving trip that would have been really bad and hank having covid but he's i mean vaccinated i mean, he's a kid he bounced back quick that's awesome good he says that was a Great and a perfect fall weekend. We came home Sunday to my new espresso machines. Things were going well and birthday week was recovering and looking good when I decided to order some takeout to be my birthday dinner. I ordered a big bag of boiled seafood from a Cajun place nearby. While driving home, okay. it's, traffic slowed up and people started funneling onto the shoulder. We were in a divided four-lane road and it was dark. When I got near the source of congestion, I saw a car with flashers on in the left, frame, left lane and a shoe, Jesus, and a shoe in the road. That's when I saw a woman's body about 20 yards ahead in the road. Ugh. Another woman and man were over her on the phone. A third woman was running from her car toward the scene, putting gloves on. I pulled over, got out. I heard the woman on the phone was reporting a hit and run to 911. Cars kept coming past the scene, so I ran into the traffic and stopped all the cars and started waving them off the road Good so call. nothing else would happen and people would stop gawking. After Good a few guy. minutes, four squad cars in the fire department arrived. I went back to my car and drove home. When I got home, all of a sudden it hit me what I'd just been a part of. I walked in the door shaking, and Vonnie could see I looked terrible. I was pretty sure the woman was dead when I saw her, and I later found out she was from the uh, she was from a news report. Mm. I went up to my room and tried to absorb it all. It's still traumatic to think about. Definitely gave me some new life perspectives. That was my birthday week. That is rough, but you did good guy things and helped how you could. That sucks, man. But yeah. Gl- I hope you. I hope you can get through it. Because that kind of shit lingers, and sorry it, it was put like a damper on your birthday week. 
when that story started, I was just like, oh, he got stuck in traffic and his food yeah. got cold. That's what I thought. Like, like, we're like no. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. A wild turn. It says, happy holidays to all of you. One of these years, we better get a good one-hour FF Network Christmas special. Well, we do have the Rock, Young Rock holiday special Wednesday. out. Wednesday. Yeah. Well, out now. Yes. On Hulu now as uh, you listen to this episode. So... I told you Pat McAfee's show was, like, amped on it again this morning. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I know it comes out Wednesday. They were already yes, talking sir. about it. Yeah. It says, uh, after all the holidays really are about family. That's true. So, thank it you, is. Justin. Sorry that your birthday week was a mess, but, uh, yeah, keep Gives on keeping on. Family perspective, dude. That's right. So our next email was not necessarily sent to us, but makes sense for us to read because it gets to be about us at the end. But this is from someone named Medaza. Madaza? Okay, I like that name. Subject line, long overdue, but probably writing in too soon. I was like, that's a kind of a interesting yeah, weird. juxtaposition in the email. Okay. Madaza says, hey, y'all, or whoever reads this, I haven't written an email in ages, and it's going to show. Okay, well, you know, here I am. First time. Yeah. I would love, I was thinking recently, I would love to go back to a time where I didn't have email. Yeah, so that's a give and take, because I that would also mean a time when you had to use the phone, which is terrifying for me. I hate that. I think I will take a thousand emails a day to not have to take six hours on the phone a day. Fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Is that a good, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the trade yeah, you're going to make. Just, I was thinking about it because, like, we're doing work with some of the kids that my, my boss teaches. Like, we're doing stuff yeah. and, like, I had to email them and I'm like, did I have to, e-? like, did people, were people emailing me when I was in college? And, like, I'm not sure. Kind of. It, it depends on the of. teacher for me. Like, at the time, yeah. like, and and some of them used like what Blackboard to turn in papers, but some now, of them wanted. Yeah, or are you saying even back that back when you were in college? Even back then, when I was in college, like some of them used the like technology, and yeah, some of I them had were, one like, online class, and it was chaos because our teacher didn't know what she was doing. I'm just saying that there's like teachers that had been tenured for so long. They're like, "Fuck that!" Like I retire in two years. There's no way I'm changing right. everything to suit this bullshit. Right. So yeah, and yeah. like the technology wasn't great, right? So yeah, correct. Yes. Medaza says, I'm writing in because I felt compelled to. I'm relatively new to podcasts on the network. Actually, I got this far because I found Cruise Club while looking for decent Tom Cruise podcasts to listen to. Ooh. Since no such thing with Val Kilmer exists, definitely something I wish to do someday. I loved Cruise Club and found it to be a much-wanted companion on road trips and boring work days. Very cool. I haven't seen all the Cruise movies, but I've seen a few, and even though I technically know what happens in all of them, I still can't wait to watch them, especially Collateral, OMG. <laughs> Anyway, thanks to the constant name dropping, not a bad thing, just a thing. I started Too Fast, Too Forever. So, Joe, it works. When we don't stop talking about Too Fast, people go watch Too Fast or listen to Too Fast. <laughs> I mean, hey, we, we do our due diligence on every other thing we're on to mention Too Fast as much as possible. So, yeah. yeah. Again, like Medaza says, not a bad thing, just a thing. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, it's not a good thing. <laughs> it, just, it just is what it is. I started listening pretty much as soon as I finished Cruise Club. I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie yet. I have the first on DVD, and it's the shortest. Or it's on the short list to watch. But I seriously enjoy the commentary so far. I'm on lap two as I write this email. I'm kind of weird, and I enjoy listening to people talk about movies I've never seen or might never see. It might be blasphemous, but I enjoy knowing people's perspectives and things, even if I've never interacted with any of the things being talked about. It's kind of cool. It's 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 like a weird purity. Like you listen to a lot of. You were saying that you like this. Um. B celebrity drama thing like yep. you don't interact mm-hmm. with that so like you don't know like who it is from real housewives but you still can enjoy it that's fair yeah like they talked about 40 for 40 i i listened to them talk about uh and just like that for 45 minutes last night i'm like i'm never gonna watch this but like i, I can have a conversation about it so yep yeah 
I'm seriously appreciating what I'm hearing so far in the network, and I fully intend on listening to most of the shows on here if I can manage it. Well, there's like 20. Bajillion. What's our What's our number up to? Hang on. Do you want to guess how many? Because you know that when we had the barbecue that one time, we were at 1,000 episodes. We did the 1,000th episode special. Do you want to have any guess how many episodes the, the network has put out it's across all shows? Did the barbecue happen during COVID or no? No, that was – I mean, I had one barbecue during COVID, but this was – didn't we have like a 1500? You had like an email about the 1500th episode or the 2000th? The 1000th episode, June 19. June of 19. How many do you think we have now? With COVID and like with all of us doing all kinds of shit. And you know Brian loves to talk. And Brian loves to talk. He does High School Slumber Party himself. The podcast where he and some teen- friends look back at their teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school centric films. But the other thing to keep in mind is that like we have also slowed as a network in terms of all that. 1750. Too low. It's like the letterbox game, but weird. To over 2000? Is it over 2000? Yeah. One more guess. 2300. 2236. Not bad. So if you figure an average of an hour, they're longer than an hour, but just say an hour. That's almost 2400 hours, which means that's almost 100 days, which means that's like three and a half months-ish, a little under three and a half months. If you just hit play. And that's like not sleep, nothing. That's just play. Yeah. A lot of content. And also, far more of our podcasts are over an hour. Like these ones. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Keep up the stellar work, and I'll probably write back once I've caught up on Too Fast, All the Best, Madaz. And so I emailed them back, and I said, thank you for writing in. Thank you for listening. I will read this on Too Fast now. You'll get to this eventually. And I'll write about it on, or read about it on Cruise Club whenever, whenever, whenever. Top Gun comes out, which should have been last year, should have been this year, going to be next year, unless... Yes. But thank you, Madassa. Thank you, Madassa, for writing in. months or years. Yeah, you hear... Here's your email. You heard it. Yeah. Our next email from the aforementioned more than once... I don't know if he's ever written in before. Brian High School Slumber Party Rodriguez. <laughs> what did he write? He, like... He, I, I did not read this email, but when I saw it, I'm like, why the fuck are you emailing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Go ahead. All right. So is it more Motor of Mouse. him making a pitch for us to watch a movie that he wants to watch? It very, it very well. I, I realized recently it's just easier to say yes. <laughs> so he, he we're going to do a, a, another Patreon a- After Dark episode in March, I think. It wasn't one we were going to do, but he's just like, let's just do it. Here's all the reasons. I'm like, sure, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. So I did not read this email. The subject line is motor mouths, so this is about the YouTube comments, I'm assuming. Okay. Nice. Hey, guys, reaction. <laughs> <laughs> what? Reactions to your latest Too Fast, Too Furious episode. First off, Joey just learning what a 10-second car in episode 213 is hilarious, but I get it, not a car guy. <laughs> All the love. Second, show Cole Hauser some more love. Okay, we'll try. You know Cole Hauser? No. Carter Carter Brown. Brown. Yeah, that's okay. That's what I thought. And this is something I know that you're going to have in your heart soon, I think, based on what I was hearing you and Rachel talk about yesterday. I don't watch Yellowstone, but I know from cultural osmosis that Cole Hauser is having a moment right now. I think, are you guys going to watch Yellowstone? I've been trying to convince her to. She doesn't, she says she's she's not really into it, but everybody says it's good and it seems like dumb fun, so I would give it a shot, but she, she seems reluctant. He better return for Fast and Furious 10. I agree. I'll take Carter Brown back. He's not dead. He's maybe still in prison. Who knows? I don't know. When he gets out, he's going to beat Roman's ass. Third, Steve Aoki wouldn't be caught dead in a Benihana. He's like religiously vegan, sworn off the restaurant, has given up that part of his fortune. I'm sure it helped him buy his original DJ equipment, though. 
Yeah, his. I think the actual story is his dad bought him a record label early on. Okay. Because he had Dim Mac, which was like a punk slash whatever record label, and then was like, from that record label, I'm sure bought DJ. Like it, you know. He he he's a self made man. Sure. <laughs> I did see as I was looking for the art for that episode, and I was looking for. Steve Aoki and Devin Aoki together. One of them was from a story like they're trying to get their mom written out of their will or something. Or not out of the will, but like out of the Benihana. No, out of their father's will. Like, because like he's leaving to like all three of them or something. And like, at least whenever this picture was uploaded to whatever blog this was, they didn't want the mom to be involved in the Benihana legacy. Weird. Both of them or one of them or you don't know? No, I think they were, they were together. They were united. It seems like a real succession kind of thing. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Fourth, I want Suki back more than anyone falls, Joey. I think I want her back 5% more than you. Well, I was saying that also, like, I, would, I wasn't saying I, there's nobody who wants her back more than me. I'm just saying that there's nobody I want back more than Suki. Ah, yes. yes. Grammar. It's Makes a hell sense. of a thing. It's a hell of a thing. I'm really writing because I just visited Joe's hometown of Pittsburgh for a wedding. No Donza Kaduro, unfortunately. Major bummer. But I have some questions for Joe. What up, my Yinzer? What up, Brian? So here's question number one. Where is the ideal Fast and Furious drag racing or car chase in the Steel City? Meaning you could theoretically shut it down from the cops or evade the cops and go really fast. Also, does that some kind of unique visual Pittsburgh quality for the movie? I'm going to say right before you even answer, on the water. Three rivers right there, just on the water, dragging on the water. Oh, like boats at the point. Like well, the I'm not regatta. saying boats, I'm saying cars. But yes, he's he's saying... Okay, so for where me... Where drag in, in Pittsburgh? There is a road that leads from Squirrel Hill, or no, sorry, from Polish Hill. R.I.P. Squirrel. R.I.P. Squirrel, yeah, there is a Squirrel Hill. But I meant Polish Hill, there's like a back road that, like, because I'm thinking Pittsburgh, for me, I want some hills, some kind of thing. So, like, maybe Mount Washington, but I think the best road is the road that goes from the Porsche dealership on Bomb Boulevard behind it and then goes up around into polish hill and you could like cut down through there and that would be a very interesting place you got like a car dealership on the corner it's like one lane it's tight but you could get two cars down it there's lots of like a big s-bend that that would be my ideal drag strip place pretty cool i like the sound of that number two same question but where's the drift course pittsburgh is very hilly is it ideal for drifting oh yeah I, I would think so. Um, the hills make it really, really wacky. It's it's a wild place to drive. Whenever we're there, Matt says it's the only city that makes him think about the Z-axis. What a fucking Matt thing to say. <laughs> right, right. But, but like, everything's, like, it's on this road. And it's like, do you mean up the hill or down the hill? Because, like, you know, there's tons of elevation in between everything. I was assuming when you meant drag race, like a straight drift place, if I was like just straight drag racing, you couldn't shut it down, but like the most like cool place to do it would be like in the south side, like right down the middle of the south side where like all the bars are, there'd be people all around, you could pretend to do it there, but realistically you couldn't because it's just like there's too many people all the time, so... Question number three, what would bring the family to Pittsburgh? If Fast and Furious is truly forever, what number addition to the franchise would take place in Pittsburgh? It would have to be in the mid-30s. You think think that late? Yeah, I think we'd get to Pittsburgh in the mid-30s. And I think maybe like some Andy Warhol art. Ooh, are they stealing it, you mean? Yeah, like there's like, you know, a secret design of a turbo behind one of his paintings or prints. And they have to get that or something. You know what I mean? Or like sure. yeah, this kind of thing. That's what I'm thinking. He signs it, Brian, hashtag Twilight Forever. P.S. Yes, it's littering on your own property. We share a planet. Don't litter. 
I picture Joe's backyard on Monday morning full of quarter-smoked cigars just tossed into the lawn. Oh, no. No, Rachel has banned smoking from my house, so there is no smoking accoutrements here anymore. But yeah, it's it's fucking, come on, that's leaves. Like, as as long as you don't throw the band in the the yard, it's just going to decompose, so. I like that the Gmail autocomplete, like the suggested replies to this are, got it, I'm on it, and wow. (laughs) Just send all three. Got it, I'm on it, wow. (laughs) And if he asks what that means, I'm going to say, you got to listen. Yeah. Our last email for today is from, also from Justin Kleiman, subject line, Monte Quinto. Okay. What's up, Justin? I've got something F9 related. A while back, I wrote about the locations being fake in F9 so they don't alienate viewers. I recently rewatched the beginning of 9 to see again where the Latin American location was, supposedly, since it was filmed in Thailand. Oh, if it was filmed in Thailand. So remember we were talking to uh, Andy Tudor about Thailand and we're like, oh, it's going to it's gonna come to Thailand or whatever, but it didn't. So maybe yes. just they filmed there. Who knows? Okay. They say it's in Monte Quinto, Mexico. I looked it up, and there is no such place. There is, however, a Monte Quinto in Spain near Seville, and they do have a Mexican restaurant there. doesn't say if they have food all over the place or not. <laughs> so it's a Cantina Cachorro. So he sends this. Okay, let me see. CantinaCachorro.com slash Inicio, I-N-I-C-I-O. Cantina Cachorro. This place kind of looks divey in a great way, to be honest. Yeah. Kind of looks divey in the best way. There's a, there's a taco window, it looks like. It looks like you can also go inside and order inside. There's a lot of napkins in there. The nachos look great. This dessert thing looks fucking awesome, too. It's like a Nutella quesadilla or something, like a chocolate quesadilla. Man, I can't wait to go to Spain this summer. Who boy. Eat I mean, your lots brain of out. Yep. Yes. Amen. That's all the emails for today. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, thank you, everybody, to write in, especially Hannah Sacco at T Public for <laughs> writing in family at cageclub.me. We will read it on the next episode. Joe, on the streets, news about The Fast and The Furious. Anything you have seen in the last week about these movies? No, Young Rock comes out with a Christmas special. Young Rock comes out. Also, I told you this. What? Uh, Jordana Brewster's ex-husband is now engaged to Alexandria Daddario. So from True Detective <laughs> and from, tied to this franchise, from, what's it called? I'm not going to look it up. The earthquake movie San Andreas, where she plays The Rock's oh, daughter. Oh, yeah. That's right. So. There you go. That's all I got. That's not even Fast and Furious news. That's like former Fast and Furious news. Yes, it's it's pretty on brand. Sure. Then a non-movie year. We got uh, Young Rock, like you said. We got to get news something. Oh, there was, what was, there was something like Screen Rant back at it, like clickbait thing again, was like, we should get an entire movie about the Shaws. It's like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Why not? All right, Joe, the final thing to do before we take a break and talk about Fast and Furious is the Fast and the Furious Minutes. I'm not thrilled with the title. Also, do want to say last minute because we changed the question. I just changed minute 39 to We Hungry because, of course. But minute 40 for now, I have called Beach Stare Down. Hey, you. Your pockets aren't empty. Damn. I'll take my cutter back. Hey, man, I figured you had, like, 12 or 13 of these. Just get out of here. Get out of here. Same old road and the same old stupid shit. What, running your mouth? Insulting people? Stealing balloon shit? Think I'm gonna let somebody stare me down? I ain't let nobody stare me down to jail, homeboy. Think I'm gonna let it fly on the beach? 
And you, I'll take my cutter back. Rich ass. And you pack it. Like you ain't. Exactly. From here on out, I do the talking. Like to me, you want to do a little more than that. As Brian and Roman walk away, Carter calls Roman back to return his cigar cutter. Carter talks down to Roman, insulting him. Brian and Roman argue as they leave Carter's property as the minute ends. Joe, we are here for another minutes on Carter's property. I have a good uh, title of this minute that I think is more okay. fun. Can we make it, and I'll take my Carter back, and then it'll be Carter Verone, but then dash Roman Pierce? Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, like okay. that? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So in this minute, I got a lot of notes. Okay. So Roman's pockets have never been empty because he says, you know, pockets get empty because at yes. the end, right? At yeah. least in this movie because he's got the scar cutter. Because Roman or Carter says, hey, you, your pockets aren't empty. So I guess later Roman is quoting Carter. And he's carrying. So and he has a gun in his pocket. Like yeah, and you he's ain't. Yeah. Exactly. I never noticed until this time, until this minute breakdown, I never saw Monica scolding Roman by slapping his wrist with her fan. I think that's very cute and very fun. I think it's very cute, very fun, and I would like to use that as the question. Okay, cool. Yep, I have. Yes. Yep, mm-hmm. I saw that. That's perfect. That's exactly what I would like to. Very brotherly. Brian puts Roman in a bit of a chokehold headlock as they walk away. Yes. Watching some UFC at your house. Very UFC on the brain. It's very true, yeah. It's funny to me how much tougher Roman sounds talking about Carter than talking to Carter. It's kind of his MO, though. He's like sure. always like very tough when he's talking about himself and about himself to women as yeah. opposed to actually in the situation that he's in. I wonder, and this is the, it goes back to the minute, the new title of the minute that you gave it. Roman's impression of Carter Verone is so over the top. It's so and awesome. So accented yep. in a way that like Carter is Hispanic, right? Yeah. But he doesn't really speak, like he, he speaks with an accent, but I wouldn't detect it as a Hispanic accent, like a Latin accent, right? It's just it's like, like, it's like Roman doing an impression of a white person on the phone. Is what it mostly sounds like to me. Yeah, he's doing a Karen, basically, right? But he's doing it, like, in a very stereotypical, like, fresh off the boat from Cuba. And it's just like, well, that's not how he talks. Like, he's just like, you can make fun (laughs) of Carter for so many things, but, like, the accent, not really one of those things. (laughs) Nope, not at all. But he made him Spanish for some reason. I I think he is, but it's like, who knows? I don't know. He doesn't sound Spanish, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, too. He he does give him a weird accent. He tries to... Carter makes it sound a little bit Spanish, but also too... It's weird. My only other thing that I want to ask you about is Roman in the last line of the scene says, the minute, looks to me like you want to do a little bit more than that in terms of Brian saying from here on out, I do the talking. That's just him talking about like how he has a crush on Monica, right? Or is there something else that I'm missing? No, 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 no. He's he's saying that like, he's like, from here on out, I'll do the talking. And right. he's like, you're trying to make out with Monica Fuentes. And right, I that's see what I thought. It. Okay, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Okay. At least that's what I'm getting from that. It's like, he he's again saying, because like, you know, you're staring, bro, or whatever. Like, I saw you looking at her ass. It's, it's a continuation of that. So that's all the, like, character moments. I see you have some things. But anything else you noticed, like, before we talk about the specific things you found? Anything else of note in this minute? Because, again, one more minute spent at Carter's house. One more minute spent at Carter's house, only looking at their faces in a yard. A big yard. Beautiful yard. On the bay. Turning a corner by the water, but still. There's yellow kayaks behind Roman for some reason, like, right on the, like, the embankment, right? So I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's weird but cool. Makes sense. You know, you have this huge ass yard. It kind of seems like that part that they're at 
it seems like there's like a beachfront walkway that's public there. Okay. Did you get this feeling too? Because there's like a garbage can or something like, like a little pole, like a lit, a lit pole that has like a cigarette ashtray at one point. All so, the more reason for him to not throw a cigar on the ground. Just put it in the ashtray, bro. Yeah, but that was far away from from aye, Carter aye, because aye. by the time okay. they get around the thing, there's that. The main thing that I was thinking about while watching this is that the implications of Carter being like, you stole my cigar cutter. I thought you had a thousand of these. And I posted it here. It, it looks generic, right? When I yeah. saw it, it's just a stainless steel guillotine cigar cutter. And if you click the thing, you can buy three of those on Amazon for $12. Feels like a nice uh, too fast giveaway. Can you can you get these customized? I bet we could. That's kind of cool, kind of dumb, but I like it. I'm into it. Yeah, we could def. You could probably just buy them and take them to some what engraver or whatever, and just get them just like laser etched on them, right? Yeah. So Carter probably has twelve or thirteen. That means he's only got like forty dollars worth of these. So it's not you know. Yeah, let, let Roman take. One. I'm sure his is like an heirloom or something, right? Yeah. This is what I'm building to. So like, even if he had like Miami you know, expensive one. There was no Amazon. I can't imagine this thing was more than $20. If he needs them to move, if he's giving them a job for $250,000 each, and this is $20, in which the job is just to move money across the border, right? That's what he wants them to do? Yeah. What the fuck is he? So he's upset about it, and this is, like, really weird. He's upset about it. He catches him, lets him know that he caught him, but it's all just symbolism. The, like, the whole thing doesn't... Like, yeah, he, he just doesn't, doesn't want Roman, like, abusing privilege or, like, standing up to him or, like... Or stealing like, from him. Yeah. I'm not afraid of you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's... It, it, but it's also, like, you can't steal from me because when I know you're about to do this job, yep. then you also can't steal from me. So this is just purely symbolic. Like, he doesn't actually care that he stole the scar cutter. And he probably does have 50 of them. And Roman says that, and he knows it. But he's like, no, like, we run shit my way here. And yep. I just thought that was interesting. Because I was like, it feels weird to be, like, upset about this. And, like, I wouldn't even have noticed it. Like, if I like if I had some, like anything on my coffee table, if you would have walked out with it this weekend, I would have never known it was gone. Because, like, right. I just wouldn't have thought about it. But, like, Carter's, like, watching... Well, I think I think I think it's in line with him being like insecure about a lot Paranoid. of things, right? Like he's Paranoid. like everything needs to go perfect. Uh, I need to watch everything at all times. I need to watch these security cameras. I need to do this. I need to do that. Yeah. Whatever. Like I need to be king of my domain because, and I think to a certain extent it's good because like it's it's where it he's gotten this far, right? Because yeah. it's successful, but it's also like, dude, just relax a little bit. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. So that was my that was my thoughts while I was watching this minute. I just found that kind of interesting. So now this minute, the question: Should we say how does Ro- how does Monica how does Monica scold Roman? I like that, and I had some ideas for additional things because that's part of what I run through whenever. Yep. I was gonna say she she does like the tisk tisk finger. Okay. Right? So so far, how does Monica scold Roman after Carter catches him trying to steal a cigar cutter? She gives him the tisk tisk finger wag. Wrong. She slaps his wrist with her fan. Yes. Right. We need two more. She says, ooh. Well, is that scolding him? Yeah, yeah I think so. You're saying, ooh, okay. Yeah, 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 I like that. Ooh, you're a bad boy. Okay, we need she one says, more. ooh, you're a bad boy. Um, she spanks him. <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually really good. Yeah, that's like an easy no answer. She spanks cool. his little butt. <laughs> she spanks his butt as he walks away. 
that would be something weird. I mean, it's clearly not that, because that clearly didn't happen in the movie, so it doesn't really matter what But now I'm thinking that. about it, and I like it. Can you imagine if she was just like, good job, team, and like yeah. just did like a like a, a football player spank as she walked away? <laughs> well, it's like, it just reminds me in Kill Bill 1 when they're in the House of the Thousand Leaves, or House of the Blue Leaves, Kill uh, and uh, Uma spanks that guy with, spanks the little kid with her katana after yeah. she like slices his katana. Yes. Like, this is what you get for playing around with samurai swords or whatever, and she's like, go yes. home to your mama. Yes, I agree. That's, yes. But this is like a little bit more sexual because this movie would be a little bit more sexual than Kill Bill 1. Yeah. But, you know. Well, the Kill Bill 1's not, not, not sexy, but minute 40 and you, I'll take my cutter back. Carter, Roman. How does Monica <laughs> scold Roman after Carter catches him trying to steal a cigar cutter? She slaps his wrist with her fan. There's only two of these answers that like are realistic. It's either the tisk, fan tisk. or finger wag, yeah. I think so too. So, dear listener, you better get it right. Yeah, that should be a pretty easy one. Any other thoughts about this minute? Are we finally going to be I off hope, Carter's property next minute? I hope to go. They're getting in the car at the end of this minute. So, yes, I hope to God that they just go somewhere else. I did. We were talking about this beforehand. I did not remember them being at Carter's house for more than four minutes, but apparently they were. This is a much longer scene than I thought it was. True, 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 true. Let us take a break and let us come back and talk about Gal Gadot in Fast and Furious. episode number 215, Fast and Furious. This episode is brought to you by the Wright Brothers Wind Tunnel, which is undergoing a full rehabilitation. Construction is expected to be completed in the fall of 2021, which was recently, but due to COVID, <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. Well, shout out to the Wright Brothers for not only pioneering aviation and flight, but also wind tunnel. Did you just search brother Tunnel Brothers? I cannot disclose how I find sponsors, sir. Cool. And then, I mean, they reached out to you. Like, you just, you, you Apple effed in your email inbox of all the people who want to sponsor the yes. show. And you, you said Tunnel Brothers, got it. Yes, exactly. Do you think they're actually named the Wright Brothers, or is it named after, like, it's, it, named, after, it's named after the Wright Brothers. No, it's named, okay. it's, it's a tunnel that's like the, the wind tunnel at MIT that is named after the Wright Brothers for their aerodynamic advancements. Perfect. Yes. Well, with us tonight to talk about Fast and Furious and those aforementioned tunnels in MIT and underground in Mexico, we have the co-host of the Monsters That Made Us podcast here on the Cage Club Podcast Network. We have Dan Colon. Hello, Dan. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Now, our listeners will know all about your co-host because we can't get rid of him. The resident historian Mike Manzi <laughs> is on the show all the time. He's not been on in a little while, though, but uh, he's been here a lot, but this is your first time. So welcome to the program. Thank you. So now, I genuinely don't have an... I don't know the answer to this question. I know you're a movie guy, but I don't know where you fall with these. So what is your history with the Fast and Furious movies? Are these movies... Like, have you seen all of them? Have you seen some of them? What, just take us through, like, what the, the relationship, Dan and Fast and Furious, where does this fall down? Where does this come down? Sure. So I have seen all but Hobbs and Shaw and F9. Okay. And that, is, and that is just because I've been so bogged down with, like, other stuff. I watch a lot of things, 
And so sometimes it's tough for me to really uh, keep up with the new stuff as it comes out. But 8 out of 10 is not bad. That's pretty good Pretty good odds. Yeah. Good ratio. Rest assured, I am a fan. I remember seeing the first movie. Uh, I don't think I've seen any of them in the theater, but I saw the first movie around the time it came out on DVD. Um, and I remember how popular that was. I'm pretty sure I saw Too Fast, Too Furious uh, the same way. I don't remember if I orig- originally saw Tokyo Drift until much later. I cannot remember. But like right around that time is when I sort of lost track of it. And then it became this like huge franchise. And I thought, yeah. okay, um, <laughs> this defied all expectations on sure. my part. And uh, I guess at some point I'm going to have to like get around to watching these. And I want to say uh, a couple years ago, Maybe around the time you guys started doing this podcast, how long has it been now? We, it's been just, uh, oh, this is actually like our four-year anniversary show, Joe. I mean, I think it was the beginning of December, but no, wait, yes, the beginning of December. This is the, the four-year anniversary of the first episode of Boyfriend Material, so happy birthday, Ryan Gosling. Not really birthday. But yeah, we've been doing this for four years, since December of 17. Okay, so I want to say like sometime around then... I decided that I was going to finally catch up and commit to the franchise. By that point, I think there were only seven. And so yeah. I had like the box set. No, there there were eight. The the only reason I'm is because we we our first one that we watched new for the That's podcast right. was Hobbs and Shaw, but okay. eight had come out that year though. Eight was like in April ish of of seventeen, so it was Makes still sense. relatively yeah. new ish. Okay, so I got the the one box set that came out with like uh, the first seven, yep. and I had planned to eventually get uh, Fast Eight. Ended up getting it for Christmas later that year. So I was caught up Ooh. until Hobbs and Shaw. And then gotcha. I just, you know, I haven't filled in my, my library. So my first real experience, like as a uh, full grown adult watching this whole franchise was spent like over the course of a single day. Um, I started early in the day and yep, we, we watched into the night. I planned ahead. I got a big case of Corona. And, like, just binge the entire thing in a day. I don't want to mischaracterize you, but doing, like, an entire franchise in a weekend is not unheard of. Like, that's kind of, like, not what you're known for, but, like, when I think of you in a franchise, it's just, like, I'm going to watch all the Friday the 13th movies this weekend, or I'm going to watch all the Psychos today, or whatever. Like, that's kind of how you like to take these in, right? Yes, that's correct. I've done it multiple times. You're right with uh, Friday the 13th. I've done it with Halloween. Your, your listeners may or may not know, like, from my history on the network, I'm, I'm kind of like the horror guy, so it might be a little bit strange to have me on for, for a Fast and Furious movie. No. I thought about your connection, and there's a couple different ways that this movie fits into what your specialities are right. in terms of the movies, but we'll get to that in a second. But yes, you are t- traditionally, I mean, there's a lot of horror guys, but you are, like, Mike's horror guy, and when Mike is a horror guy, that's saying something. Yes, that is true. Yeah, and then Brian tends to have me on to do horror movies, too, so... Yeah, but Brian's a horror baby. I mean, he's, he's growing <laughs> that's up, but, true. you know, that's everybody's true. a horror movie, horror guy compared to Brian, because Brian's just like, I don't know, I've seen one movie, so... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I like franchises. Uh, when it comes to my, my movie library, I tend to try to complete a franchise, even mm-hmm. buying the, the absolute dog shit. If it's, you know, if it's part of the franchise, I got to have it. So, yeah. So, yeah, I did all of Fast and the Furious, or at least the first seven in a day with a case of Corona, and it was a great time. That's <laughs> something I haven't even done. Like, I don't know. I've seen, I think, three in a day is the most I've ever done. That was on an airplane where I wasn't even paying attention to them. Joe, Joe what's the most you've seen in one day? Oh, wait, no. Like, I mean, I've also seen four or five in a row on mute on, like, Thanksgiving or Christmas when it's on, like, That's what I was TNT saying. or something. But, yes, like, yeah. actively paying attention like Dan is, 
I don't know if I've ever done more than one. Maybe two, but yeah, seven is that's intense. Now, yeah. see, it comes at a cost because I'll be honest with you, I haven't really watched the, the like watched them individually. Like, so it's since. one long story, yeah. So I really have a hard time discerning what happens when when I think back sure. to this franchise. But of I course. did, I did rank as I went. So my ranking is like, oh I, yeah. So are you do are you doing from top down or bottom up? How are we starting these rankings? Well, we can get to it whenever you want to get to it. I just want to do it now. Want to let now, you know that the time. when I did my ranking, it was like hot off the press. You know, like I had just watched Perfect. the movie, yes. and then I'm like, okay, how does it stack up to what I just watched? So. I didn't really have to think too much about it. I had just just seen them. So yeah, okay, we can get into my rankings. All right, you want to do bottom up or top down? However, however you think is going to generate more suspense. Hmm. I don't think that my top or bottom are all that surprising. Let's go bottom up then. Let's start go. Let's go bottom up. Okay. So uh, again, I haven't seen Hobbs and Shaw, and I haven't seen F Nine. So we're going to start with number eight, and my bottom movie is Too Fast, Too Furious. Okay. Uh, number seven. This is where it might be a little bit surprising because I have listened to the show. Now, my number seven pick is Fast and Furious 6. That is that is it's low. very low. You're I don't remember why. Like, again, you know, having watched the whole thing in a day, I don't remember why I had six uh, so low on the list. Well, so I can say if you watch it right after five, you're either going to think, and I've never really thought about it this way before. I think you're either going to think, wow, that's more of a thing I loved, or that's a worse version of what I just watched. Yes. It, that, that absolutely could have influenced my decision. Because it's great, but... If you're if you're not feeling it or whatever, it's in the in in a bad way or whatever a worse version of five. But if you're like five's amazing, I want more of that in any shape for, shape or form. It's also great. But that that maybe that's maybe I don't know. Right, and, and it could also have something to do with me not really understanding at the time some of the hallmarks of this franchise in in okay. in the way that they sort of retcon the story to make the current movie work. You know, like. I, it, I was not prepared for that. I think it's it's a great thing about this franchise now, and maybe if I were to go back and revisit it, uh, I may feel differently. But in the moment, it's possible that that just threw me, and I didn't really care for it. So number seven, or number six, is your number seven. So what's your sixth favorite Fast and Furious movie? Fate of the Furious. Okay. Number five, I've got Tokyo Drift. Okay. Four, The Fast and the Furious. The original one. Okay. Yep. Number three is this one, Fast cool. and Furious. Pretty, okay. Honestly, pretty high for, for most yeah. people, but yes. Okay. I've re- yeah, I've, I've realized that having listened to your show. Um, uh, <laughs> number two, Furious 7, and number one, Fast 5. Correct. That's the correct answer. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So now, I, I was thinking while you were ranking those, I think I know the answer to this question, but what is, since you are a completionist and you're a franchise guy, what is your favorite franchise? I think I know the answer, but so I won't Good spoil question. it. Oh man! Um, and so I'm, I'll, I'll give you also give you an out. I can do favorite horror franchise and favorite non horror franchise. Sure. I mean my my favorite movie of all time is Back to the Future. Oh, uh, I didn't even think okay. about that one. Okay. Like my natural inclination would be to say the the Back to the Future franchise, but I don't think that the trilogy is necessarily as great a franchise as that movie that first movie is as a single movie. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I've never really thought about my favorite franchise. Do you know what I'm thinking I would say for you? You hit me with it. Bond. 
Oh, that's a good one. I mean, yeah, that's we're going to talk about Bond tonight, I'm sure, because a lot of that went through my mind as we watched or as I watched this movie. Well, that's what I learned from watching the Bond movies this year is that they're all basically not all of them, but a lot of them are reactions to what else has been come out. So like there are like the sort of Fast and Furious Bonds like. Yeah. And not a good way or a bad way. It's just like this is what movies kind of look like at the time. And so it's just like, yeah, OK, cool. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good, um, a really good guess. I it, 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 like like a lot of movies, my favorites tend to depend on the moment. Oh, for the, sure. Yeah. The, the day or the week you ask me. Bond mm-hmm. would certainly rank very high on my list. I would be comfortable saying Bond is my favorite non-horror franchise. My favorite horror franchise, I think uh, probably going to go Friday the 13th. It doesn't take the biggest risks, but it's uh, thoroughly entertaining from start to finish. Nightmare on Elm Street also, I get, give a lot of points because they, it's risky. You know, they get real ambitious with it for better or worse. Um, that's about it. So now here's how I was thinking about your, because the, the show that you do with Mike is The Monsters That Made Us, and it's all about the classic universal monster movie. So I was thinking there's two different ways that this movie is sort of positioned, and then we're going to like, like actually start the conversation, but just in terms of how you think about it and how you're like critically analytical, I know because you I mean you're into film theory and everything like that, but I mean like from the perspective of the podcast, how you're thinking about movies, I think there's two different ways that this movie is, well, one that's obvious and one that's sort of unique to this, but number one, this is a reboot, essentially, of the movies. Yeah. And so I don't know if anything's been more rebooted than like, maybe bond but just all the universal like every like 10 or 15 years like all right we're gonna do it again all right mummy dark universe all right here we go and like it's the same creatures right but they're all trying to get the new formula or this whatever so i think the reboot element of this is right in the monsters that made us wheelhouse and also it's a universal movie and so like yeah. dom versus the wolfman why not let's do it <laughs> <laughs> yes that's true i would absolutely watch a fast and furious universal monster mashup which, which universal monster would make the most sense in this universe that's a good question i think uh the invisible man's he tends to skew more in, into the crime uh world sure. more than than like horror you know he uses his okay. invisibility to commit crime so that's definitely a possibility. I think that... Well, and, and New Invisible Man is very techy in a way that the new Fast and Furious movies also are techy. Correct. I think that that would definitely work pretty well. I think the Wolfman also could, could work in a pretty fun way. I'm not sure why. I'm just imagining the Wolfman in a Fast and Furious movie. I think it sounds pretty cool. Well, especially <laughs> if that Wolfman is Ryan Gosling, because, I mean, that then, you know, combines the two oh. things that Joe and I love and Ryan Gosling and Fast and Furious, right? Sure. So. Yeah, and also the Wolfman tends to, uh, like, Wolfman movies tend to play with this theme of, like, the two sides of, of a man, you know? And I think that oh. this particular movie uh, tends to really play with this idea of, like, you got two characters who are two sides of the same coin, both working towards the same goal, but one's inside the law, one's outside the law. So I think that true. duality true, of true, man true. theme could work with a Wolfman. That makes well, perfect that, also, yeah, like a, a Jekyll and Hyde are kind of Dom and Brian just in separate. I mean, a lot of things are two different people, but like Dom and Brian kind of Jekyll and Hyde, sort of. Well, Dom himself is kind of a Jekyll and Hyde, right? He's got also this true. past. Yep. And uh, we see it in the first movie when, you know, he, he sort of snaps and he snaps here too. So yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, Jekyll and Hyde, not an official universal monster but definitely could work so now before we talk about the movie in particular we have some very hard-hitting either or questions to figure out who you are we'll do a character quiz at the end but first like how you fall what kind of person you are where you fall in the fast and furious universe are you ready sure are you more do you consider yourself more and you can answer you can explain these or not are you more of a brian or a dom i'd say brian are you more of a mia or a letty definitely mia 
I'm not cool enough to be Letty. Yep. That's the right answer. Not not right about you, but like no one's cool enough to be Letty. So right. like that's just that's what everybody should say. So in the first movie, I don't know if you're going to remember this, you'll if you listen to the show, you will hear us talk about it for way too often. When Brian and Mia are doing dishes in the kitchen and Vince comes in drunk and he starts harassing Brian, Mia's like, hey, Vince, what's the name of that restaurant you want to take me to? And she describes it as little red candles, wood tables, picadillo, food all over the place. So now, Dan, if we say, hey, you know, we had such a blast having you on the show. Come on up. Joe and I are going to take you out to dinner. We're going to go to this restaurant. It's great. There's wood tables. There's these little red candles. There's picadillo. There's food all over the place. If we describe a restaurant as having food all over the place, what image does that conjure up in your mind? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it a positive? Is it a negative? Does it get you excited? Does it worry you? What does food all over the place mean to you? Well, my first impression would be that this place maybe struggles with an identity. Okay. Oh, okay. You know, because I see a lot of restaurants fail because their concept is literally all over the place. You know, like they trying to combine uh, different kinds of cuisines, maybe like a fusion sort of place that doesn't make yep. sense. So food all over the place, you know, you could get pizza, you could get Asian food all in the same place. Doesn't really seem <laughs> to make sense, right? So yeah, yeah. That, that's sort of how I would interpret that in that it's it's a restaurant that struggles with a coherent sort of vision. That's a new, and I think it's a new answer. answer we have, and that's very exciting. I like it a lot. I really like it. Now, are you more, moving to the second movie now, are you more of a Tej or a Roman? I, If I'm being honest with myself, I'm probably more of a Roman. Uh, you think? I think I, I'm a complainer. Okay, oh, fair, okay. fair, yeah, fair, that's fair. A good point. Yeah. You know, I'm not that savvy, like I'm not tech savvy, you know, like uh, I think I'm the guy who's just going to bitch whenever I have to do something I don't want to do. <laughs> sure. So, um, yeah, in that light, I think I would I would definitely say Roman. Now, you, like us, live in the Northeast, so I'm not sure if you're going to have a dog in this fight, but do you have a preference between In-N-Out and Whataburger? In-N-Out. Okay. I've been to both, and um, they are both great. I don't mean to knock Whataburger Thank by you. picking In-N-Out, but I do you think... Should. <laughs> I've been to both, and uh, they're they're both great. At some point in this podcast, the only thing Joe's going to care about, he's, gonna, he's not going to care about the movie, he's not going to care about me, he's only going to care about this one question. And then he's I'll log be, out. Yes. Just mentally check in, check out. Yes. <laughs> Dan, are you more fast or are you more furious? Uh, furious, definitely. I think that Roman answer before kind of foreshadowed that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I sit on my ass working all day uh, complaining about work stuff. So I think that I, I definitely spend more more of my time as a ball of rage in front of my computer. <laughs> no. All right, fair enough. I, you know, it, uh, knowing to met Noche, know, know thyself, right? That's just, that's what we learned from the first Matrix it, it, movie. Yeah, it's good to know that. Know, knowing yourself is not always a comfortable experience, but it's important. No. <laughs> it's important. It's very important. Yes. I agree. All right. We are successful in pulling a job. We win. Thir Again, I keep saying win. I don't know why. I, I know why I say win because I'm getting ahead of myself in the question. Yeah. We steal $30 million. We go to Las Vegas. We go to Rio. We go to Atlantic City. We go anywhere. We're like, we're going to, this isn't really our money. We're going to try to win even more. We go to the roulette table. Dan, are you putting your money on red or are you putting your money on black? Red. Red. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. Nice. In in uh, To bring it back to Bond, in Skyfall, when he's at the uh, casino. God, I can't remember what city that is. Is it Macau? And uh, he take, has that gold chip that he cashes in. And then after the, the, the fight that he's involved in, he hands the briefcase of money to Moneypenny, tells her to put it all on red. 
And apparently, oh. in, in, in Chinese culture, red is a color that mm. symbolizes uh, prosperity yep. and, and good luck. So You would have no idea how many people say black just because of Passenger 57. So I like that. Not only did you, did you say red, but you said red for a reason. Mm. With authority. I've had yeah. many a red little trinket thing. The Chinese people that work with me have given you me for like New Year's and stuff like that as like a prosperity gift, right? Yeah. So it's very, very cool. I like that. I like that a lot. We all lose our money. It comes up green. We're broke. So we got to do another job. On this job, are you more of a racer or are you a designer? As in, are you out in the field pulling the job or are you the man in a chair in HQ navigating us from afar? Are you the racer in the field, the designer from HQ lending support? I think I'm in HQ lending support. Cool. I'm not the most coordinated person. If I'm out in the field, I'm going to fuck something up. Fair enough. That's cool. Yeah. Are you more a fan of American muscle or import cars? American muscle. Yes. Correct answer. I'm a big fan of the old, like, 70s, like, car chase movies. You know, yeah. Steve McQueen oh, and Bullet, stuff like that. Do you have like a favorite that, one so. of those? I mean, the French Connection is great, but that's not really about, like, nice cars. Steve McQueen and Bullet, the, the Shelby. Sure. So maybe I'll just say that for convenience, but, I mean, it, there's a number of them. Is the word oil one syllable or two? Oh, man. Um... And this comes from, I don't know if you ever made it to one of those or not, but these comes from Larson's Basement when we played charades. So you might have been at least around when this was being argued about, bandied about, thought about. I'm going to I'm gonna say two. Thank you. That's my correct answer. I, it's technically <laughs> one and a half, but that's, that's all right. I think I know the answer based on a previous story. Are you more a fan of Corona or Belgian Ale? I'm going to say Belgian Ale. Because I, 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 I drink all kinds of beer. Um, True. I like a theme, which is why I bought a case of Corona for my Makes Fast sense. and Furious watch party. But really, I prefer craft beer. So Now, on this second job, we're like, Dan, shit us hit the fan. We need you to come out here. You get in your car. You get in your American muscle car with a Belgian ale in the, in the cup holder. And you come to where we are. And we're like, Dan, we need you to distract the room. We need you to sing a song karaoke style to give us time to do whatever we need to do in the other room. What song are you singing? Rock Lobster. Ooh, okay, cool. <laughs> I often daydream about being the front man of a B-52s cover band. What would the name be of the band? Uh, I haven't thought about that. I haven't gotten that far. Um, oh. if, if I can find a few other people to make this band a reality, then I can worry about a name. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten that far. I just like doing B-52 songs at karaoke. Because the voice is so weird that, like, it, you can make it sound good, but you can also, like, be like, eh, it's just, it's it's close to Fred Schneider, right? So. Yeah, he just sort of yells into the microphone, but if you can do it with, like, a sort of flamboyant kind of flair in your voice, you're, you can do it. And you can put your own spin on it, because it's so weird. Yeah. So. Is there an improv game? Yeah, hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing? And, like, it just, you just say, like, a crazy nonsense thing, and that's just, like, a way that people get ready for improv to do oh. improv dan if you hear someone a person described as having no knees as in no knees denise what does that mean to you is that a good thing again good thing bad thing no knees no no knees um first thing that comes to mind is that maybe somebody who is uh, a larger person to the okay. point where where joints are less discernible you know how somebody can like sort of lose their ankles when they put on a lot of yeah. weight that's sort of where my mind goes with that. Fair enough. I like that. I think that's also new. I think that's a new perspective there, too. So that's good. Knowing you are safe either way, would would you rather drive a car into a plane as it's taking off or out of a plane 
while it's in the air, guided to safety on the ground with GPS guided parachute into a plane, out of a plane. Which adrenaline is more your speed? I think I want to drive into the plane. Flip side of the coin, things go disastrously wrong. (laughs) Would you rather die in a fiery explosion or by drowning in icy water? Uh, Explosion, hands down. I do not want to drown ever. (laughs) It sounds terrifying. Both of them, yeah. They're both terrible. Yeah. Revenge of the Nerds or The Dark Knight? Dark Knight. Now, you have not seen the movie yet, but you know both the characters. Would you say you were more of a Hobbs or a Shaw? I want to say probably more Hobbs. Wow. Okay. Each seems like a reach, if I'm being honest, but I'll go Hobbs. And the final question, before we ask another question to kick off the conversation, where we're probably going to ask you more questions, do you have a favorite character in these movies? Yeah, I, I, I really like Han a lot. I get the appeal. When, when, when that movie blew up and everyone's like, oh, this movie's actually really good, I'm like, all right, let me check it out. And like, I get it. Han's super cool. And then in the sequels, he's still super cool, like effortlessly cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, you passed the test. <laughs> <laughs> the question that we're starting off every movie discussion this lap with is that as you might know just from trailers and just like living in the world, John Cena in F9, all of a sudden Dom has a brother we never knew about. Right, yes. So last lap, we're like, where is John Cena? Where was he in this movie? Like, we, we don't have answers because he didn't exist, but we're trying to pretend. So now, this time, because this lap is a Shaw Brothers theme, we're doing movies about the Shaw Brothers in the films, also the Shaw Brothers martial arts filmmakers, sometimes horror filmmakers, as we yeah. learned. Yeah. <laughs> Who in this movie would you like to see have a sibling or a family member? So basically... Someone who exists in this movie or in this world or whatever, we add another character who's not on screen, just add them to this movie, and all of a sudden there's just another person, just to, either for fun, for dramatic tension. Uh, if you want to think on that, if you if you don't have an answer, Joe, I'm sure, has an answer. I'm sure I hope that he I watched the couple. movie with this in mind. I have I have a couple answers tonight. Yeah, I've got an answer. Uh, I, would, I would like to see Letty have a sister. Ooh, okay. Oh, that wasn't one I was thinking at all, dude. Awesome. We have no other Ortizes, right? We don't know anything about her family. Just that she was like, you know, a a little kid who always loved Dom, then she grew up and blossomed into a woman, and Dom loved her too, right? So, yeah, that's I like that. Yeah, that would be very interesting. Dan just kind of blew my mind. I never even considered, obviously, I would like to see Gal have a sister, Giselle have a sister. And maybe like a twin? Well, like, I did some research, and Gal does have a sister. Did really? you know this? No. Yeah, she's like just like a very private sister who's about like about because there's not much about her. She kind of keeps her like under Dana. wraps, and she's like nine years younger than her, and she has a little sister. I was like, oh, that's very fascinating that she does. But then I was thinking like, no, who I would like to see have a sibling is I forget his name, the henchman though, not Campos Phoenix? Braga. Phoenix, yes, Phoenix. I would like to see Phoenix have a brother and they could be like you know evil henchman duo as a brother phoenix and ashes oh phoenix and tears well what was was it spoilers for harry potter (laughs) dumbledore had a bird who died and became a phoenix no the phoenix burns itself it it but as a second life it comes back to life yeah exactly there's a video game or something where a phoenix becomes another bird in its second life I don't remember. It's a Final Fantasy game. Pokemon. Wes might know. You're just talking about Pokemon. Yeah, it's not Pokemon, though. There's no Phoenix Pokemon, I don't think. Moltres? Yeah, I guess Moltres. 
what's what's strange about this movie in terms of the family thing is that like so much of this movie is just the characters from the first movie, right? It's like it's the main three. Did you have a pick of who you wanted a, a sibling of? I was thinking Gal, but I think that you know Giselle. But I think that you've already sort of hit on that. Another Dwight could be cool, like Dwight's a, a, a female <sighs> Dwight who's exactly like Dwight. What would her fetish be? Hands. Hey, uh, like uh, like hand models like Seinfeld. Yeah. Like, <laughs> these are the most beautiful hands I've ever seen. George does have beautiful hands. I think because like what's like the movie does make such a conscious effort to simplify things, right? It's like these are the three that we're following. That's all you need to worry about. Yeah. No, you know what? No, here's what I want. It, what sets do all, want? it, it doesn't really pay off in this movie, but it sets up future movies. I want to see Stasiak's wife or husband, just Stasiak's partner. That Stasiak going is like, honey, I'm going to work today. Got to go another day at the FBI. Uh, love this job. Things are great. And comes then home, Stasiak broken. comes home with a broken nose. <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck happened to you? I thought you had a desk job. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's not like out in the field. Like, he's, he's literally at a desk. So, yeah. Stasiak's partner. Anything. Just love it. Would love it. Okay. So, to bring it back, though. As I was watching this, I was thinking that this is the movie that kind of solidifies the Brian and Dom brothership, though, right? Like the, sure, yeah. This is this is the Brotherhood formation movie. Yeah, and then we see that in full effect in the first half of Fast Five, when, like, before they call on the family, when it's just the three of them, right? It's just like, yeah. hey, Mia's pregnant, blah, 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 yeah. But, like, him coming to, like, rescue him at the end, and, like, this is all, they were separated until now, but, like, this is the integration of Brian firmly into, like, Mia's family, Dom's family, the family. Sure. Everything. So, like, that was something that I was thinking about as I was watching it this time. Well, let's talk about the movie now. I do want to call out, I've never seen this description anymore, so I, I started watching... These movies on Prime, because my new TV has a button on the controller that just says Prime. So I just, you know, Amazon Video, so I just watch it on there, and I have all the digital codes on there. So I'm like, oh, like, I'm just going to watch it on there. And this is how Amazon describes the plot of this movie. And this feels like a Brian High School Slumber Party segment, just reading the back of the DVD case. He always criticizes Netflix for this. It's technically accurate. It's also crazy. Brian and Dominic infiltrate a heroin operation. That's it. Entirety. What? (laughs) They infiltrate a heroin operation. Yeah, technically true. If Not how I would me, describe this movie, but <laughs> sure. If you asked me if there was heroin in this movie, I would have had to think really hard. That's what sixty million dollars looks like. It doesn't like it doesn't have to be heroin. It's just like drugs Crime. or illegal contraband. The fact that heroin is one of the seven words. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, that's strange. <sighs> but wild. Okay, so Dan, the floor is yours now. We've asked you enough questions. Thoughts about this? Favorite moments? Least favorite moments? Again, it's kind of, you have it ranked fairly high at number three, so I'm assuming you like more than you don't like in here. So what do you like so much about Fast and Furious number four or Fast and Furious? Yeah, I I like how this movie sort of sits, it sort of straddles that line of like old world Fast and Furious and then like what the franchise would eventually become known for. To compare it to something, you know, if if Fast and Furious movies were Beatles albums, I would say this is their rubber soul. There's a lot of influence of what came before. We have to reestablish that relationship between Brian and Dom. But then we get stuff like little tastes of things that, again, the franchise will really become known for, like the globetrotting aspect of it. You know, we go to a couple different countries here. Um, The whole the cold open that sort of comes out of nowhere and it just sort of like throws you into this situation. It doesn't tell you when it's occurring. So you have to sort of figure out that, uh, oh, Han's back, you know? So I I love (laughs) 
I, I yeah, I love how this this movie is so unlike everything. Like it, it's it's similar to and unlike everything else in the franchise and blockbusters in general, right? Like how many you're you're right, but how many blockbusters start out and you're like, does this happen before the last one or the after the? Yeah, like that doesn't really happen. Like it's usually pretty linear or like at least they're like three years earlier, like some right. banner or something. It's just like no, like Han's here, so fucking deal with it. Right, so now we as the audience have to figure out, like, okay, uh, is did Han not die? Is this set earlier? Um, you That's know, the so- first thing I ever remember about this movie is when you see Han, I'm like, did he not die? Right. Like, what are we doing? And then I like, was oh. thinking this time, like, how crazy it would be, like, if you knew nothing about this movie, like, you'd seen the first three. That's me, like, yeah. Oh, shit, Dom and Letty back? Okay, cool. And then you're like, wait, Han? Han? Like it's um it goes from like awe inspiring to like wait, hold on, wait, what is happening? That I I really remember this reaction to watching four being like, Do I remember three right? Like did didn't this guy just die? Like how is he is it his brother or something? They're like, No, it's Han and then he's like, Okay, I'm gonna go fuck off in Mexico or whatever and they're like, Cool and I was like, That was weird. Like Yeah, and, and yeah, and it just leaves you hanging, right? Like you don't yeah. really know until the next movie. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Because Han's gone after that cold open. So weird. Yeah. So, like, you know, the reasons that I that I love it are also arguably reasons why a lot of people may not. In its um, attempt to sort of uh, tread some new ground, it, it doesn't necessarily do it as well as it could, right? But I think I admire the balls it took to just just open the movie like that. You know, I think, but like I mean, we mentioned Bond earlier. I, I think of some of the best Bond movies, like, start with this, like, they just sort of throw you into a situation. You're already involved in a mission, may not have anything to do with the rest of the movie, but it's just a great way to kick off the, the movie, right? And, and this whole stunt with the tractor trailer is just incredible. So I love that. And then, you know, I love bringing Dom and, and, and Brian back together. I, I, I love not explaining, like, how... Brian was reinstated. Like, how the hell yeah. did he manage to get his job back? Because <laughs> this is clearly not the real world. He would never have a badge for the rest of his life. But he needs to be a cop so that we can have this story where the two guys are on both <laughs> sides of the law. So, all right, fuck it. We're going to just do it. So, yeah, and like like that sort of uh, nonsensical, illogical retconning of the narrative to make the story work which again, like becomes part of this franchise over the course of the next few movies. It's just, it's, it's so entertaining to me. Joe has said, I think it was last lap when he was talking about, cause Justin List, the second movie that he has had in the franchise, he had Tokyo Drift and he's stuck around for the first time in this franchise, a director does a second movie. And so he's back now doing nine, he's going to do 10 and 11 or 10, one, 10, two, however it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But Joe compared this to, I think you compared this to nine, even it took you mm-hmm. to kind of like a weird outlier, but like nine is kind of like, all right, what parts do I have? How can I make this work? So like, well, cause I don't think they gave him the keys to the castle at three. They were like, here's like a separate entity. You can do what you want. Like we think these are going to be like Walmart bin $5 movies at this point, but like four, they kind of open it up to him. Whether it's him or the screenwriters or whatever, like, it's tonally shifting. Like you're saying, it's, like, tonally shifting what's going on and it's setting things up. And it feels like there's a bit of, like, a mad scientist behind the scenes in play here. Not Jesse the mad scientist, but just the mad scientist in general. Where it's, like, there's a plan in place that we don't know. And without, you know, Nine is a movie that most of the people who listen to the show who have written in their rankings really like. So whenever you get to that, if you do all nine or ten movies in it's a weekend again. It's at least halfway. Again, it's usually yes. floating around. The t- it's a top third is most 
people put it, but like usually at least half. Top third, middle third at the worst. Yeah, yeah. usually. People mm-hmm. don't generally dislike it. But what I'm saying is knowing you have Fast Five at number one, it's an interesting thing to compare this to the new one because I feel like this is building toward a thing. And even though it's not building toward the end of the franchise, this is kind of like, like you were saying – you know, a movie and a franchise in transition, which is kind of cool, I think. Yeah, I mean, you get the street racing, like legitimate street racing, which we really won't see again after this, right? So they, they managed to keep the that aspect of it alive, but at the same time, they want to tell this other story, which is sort of a heist movie. So you get the yeah. best of both here, which is, again, why I think of it as that sort of transitional movie and why some of the the more interesting things happen here i mean we get detective dom as well how did i forget that yeah (laughs) the flashbacks yeah i had completely forgotten that like dom was this forensic expert (laughs) (laughs) so like it's almost like like a batman movie at times when he's just like like, particularly when he's at at letty's crash site you know and he's just looking around reimagining the crash and then he finds the um uh the chemical on the ground since when is Dom this, like, master detective? I don't know. And we never see it. We never see it again. <clears throat> nope. No. Just one time. He just looks at the ground. He's like, I got to know where Letty is. Boom. He sees it in his brain. They show it on screen of him doing it. And then that's it. That's never again. Yeah. And I, you know what? I think the, the, more, the more I talk about it and think about it, I mean, these, these things that differentiate it from the other movies that kind of make it this weird entry in the franchise... It sort of sets it apart in a way where like these other movies, like after five, maybe six, seven, eight, they start to blend together. Right. So I remember this like this, this weird stuff that's in four. And I yeah. love and I love it for that reason, I guess. And I also wonder, like I, it, it's different when you're watching eight movies in a row. Right. Than it would be when you're waiting years in between. But I wonder if even after watching the first one and being like, okay, cool. Like I can, you know, this isn't my necessarily my favorite movie of in the middle, but like, I can see why people love this. The characters are likable, whatever. And then to go two movies where it's like largely different people to come back here. It's kind of like, oh, okay. Now we're back to where, like what I thought this is going to be. Yeah. I have the same issue with the mission impossible franchise these days as well. You know, like, the first like three are so distinct. And then after that, it's all like this one long narrative. And I can't really tell you what happens in which movie. Um, you know, I, I enjoy them all. You know, I always have a good time watching them, but there's a sameness to them that makes it difficult for me to to rank them. The Mission Impossible movies, I think to a certain extent, like these to people who aren't broken like us, we're watching F9 six times in a year, is like the, the Mission Impossible movies, even with somebody who has a podcast about Tom Cruise, I don't think about them in terms of the plots. I'm like, okay, so Ghost Protocol is the one where he climbs the Burj Khalifa, right? right? And Rogue Nation is the one where he holds his breath underwater for five minutes. And and Mission Impossible Fallout is where he halo jumps out of a, like, I think about it in here. So like, World's Longest Runway, dragging a safe through Rio, blah, blah, blah. And so I love both those franchises, but I think that you're right that it's like, okay, so now we're at a point where they're pretty much all good all the time. It's like, how do I distinguish in my brain? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean it necessarily as a knock because, again, I do have a good time watch them. It gets tough to know what's what. But with this, like Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious, if we want to call it that, um, yep. yes, it, it, yes. It, it, has, it has that sort of uh, uniqueness about it that I feel deserves a higher ranking overall. This it, it might it might just be that like it's not as spectacular as five, but are there re- things about this movie that you don't like that like have it? Because again, 
three on a list of one to eight is pretty high, but like it's not as high as five or seven. Is it just because those are bigger and do more things or like is there something about this that you don't necessarily like? Um, Yeah, I do think it falls apart a bit in the final act. I mean, some of the effects work is a little bit dodgy, especially in those sort of underground tunnel chases. Yeah, at, at, at they one blur point, a lot. At, yeah. one, at one point, I thought Dom's car had been like totaled in a wreck, and then they later cut to him still driving through. So it became tough to really distinguish what was happening in there. And prior to that, I thought them getting to um, to Braga was very simple. Like it sure. seemed, it seemed too easy to to get that close to Braga. I mean, they I guess the reason it was easy was because getting away was going to be a near monumental task. But I just it felt a little bit strange that they were able to get so close so easily. Um, so yeah, I think that that final act, as they're just trying to wrap up the story, that some of the some of the wheels come off, so to speak. Yeah, I wonder if because after this movie famously at least on this podcast uh, none of the movies are shorter than like two hours and ten minutes like this is the last of the shorter yeah. ones and mm-hmm. i wonder if they had another half an hour to work with if they would have made it more of a challenge to get to braga or if they would have addressed some of the issues that you have with the movie or what they would have done with more time because like i love how short these first four are yeah but i also wonder like would it have been better or was the point just to like Hey, we're not trying to do anything crazy here. We're not reinventing the wheel. We're just getting back to square one. We have big plans for five. Let's just not mess this one up. And I wonder if they had another half hour, what they would have done with it. Yeah, I don't know that they necessarily needed it because by that point, by the time they're 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 going in for Braga, the 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 Brian and Dom arc is nearly completed, right? Like their their relationship is pretty much fully mended and they're just working together to achieve this last yeah. mission, right? So like the the primary goal of this movie has been accomplished. It's like the bad guy was kind of a, a an afterthought in in aid of of getting these two to work together again. Yeah, I don't know if if an extra half hour would have made it better cuz it cuz you know by the time it was over I was like, "Okay, cool. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad it's over now." And you know like so I just I don't have a I don't have a good solution for that. Yeah, Jody, do you have a thought on that? Like, because I don't have an answer. I just something that I I thought about while Dan was talking that like what they would have done with an extra half hour. I don't necessarily think it would have been more getting to Braga. I think they kind of set it up pretty decently that like Braga is bringing them in to keep tabs on them. So I have always logiced it like it's fine that they get to Braga very quickly because he was always so close and it was by choice of his. So I don't think it would be that. I don't know what you would get more with more of the movie. You'd probably just you probably get another set piece, right? Like if we follow what happens in the you know five, six, nine, like you'd probably just get like another like they were like go through the tunnels and then like they would have to do go something. back to the tunnels. Oh shit, we forgot Brian. Yeah. We got to go back to through the tunnels. <laughs> yeah. Back to V's house. Back to V's house. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just keep doing that. No, I think that you would have to like the tunnels feels like it's the setup and because like we were saying that you know 4 or 5 like these are all kind of stepping stones. The tunnel scene feels like it's a setup for like a big set piece which we get in 5. So, I think that you would have just gotten a quote-unquote safe through Rio at the end of this. Yeah, because I think that the tunnel thing is cool, but it's like compared to other stuff in the franchise is not very cool. So yeah, you might just like jazz that up and make it bigger, right? No, I think that you, I think that you get that, and then it will be like, oh, you oh, get a like, second thing. Okay, yeah, so we, it's kind of like, it's more like get, six. Yes, where like there's like get, there's the tank and then the runway. Yeah, yeah, you would be like, oh, we need to get Braga's money 
out or like back to some, like America or you know, not through the tunnels again, but like you know they'd have to be like okay then we fly this out in helicopters or right. whatever. I can see that because I do think that like they were right to keep it simple. They're just like whether they knew what they were going to do for five or not. Like you need to get people back on board because like now people look back and love Tokyo Drift, but like after the first one to do two and then three, it's just like what is this? What what is this franchise? Yeah, and I don't know if they, if Justin Lin had the the money, the pool, the every, you know what I mean? He, he still feels like he's on a short leash here in four. Like he has a set piece or whatever, but it's like you know, by five and six, they a tank and fucking safe through Rio stuff like that, which costs a lot more money to make. So like, I think they're still the studio is still kind of feeling him out here. Yeah, Dan, what else about this movie? Anything else of note, good or bad? Questions you have. Uh, cool things you found, things you noticed this time around that you don't remember from your uh, your marathon. Have you seen this movie since your marathon binge, or was this one that you hadn't seen until today or yesterday or whenever you watched it? No, this I, I hadn't really revisited this since my original binge, and so I knew that I wanted to at least watch the franchise up to it, just so I could put it in, into proper context. Oh, right, yeah, so you watched one through four? Yeah, I watched uh, one through four, because I knew that if I like just sort of jumped into four... You know, I, I might not have all the information, you know, at hand. And, and I'm glad I did that because of the way this opens. Um, it definitely painted a fuller picture for me to, to, to have done that. No, I, I mean, I don't I, th- I think we sort of touched on, on a lot of the things that I really liked about it. I, I, I do think five obviously is the better movie, but I love seeing I love seeing how this one will like sort of telegraph a lot of what's to come. You know, I compared I compared this to to the Beatles' Rubber Soul album, and you know, I would say that Fast Five is Revolver. You know, that's when when they're finally like, okay, this is the formula. Like, this is what these movies are going to be from now on. And so then Six, which probably has the biggest ensemble, is just like the cover of Sgt. Pepper. Just so right. many people all yeah. over the place. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, I didn't necessarily intend to compare the Fast and Furious movies to Beatles albums, but I like here we it. are. I like it. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, you know, I, I think of them as, as a band that had two distinct halves, right? Once they yeah. figured out what they wanted to do, but they had to get there, right? So, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I really like this one. I'm glad that uh, maybe I stand out in that regard. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, because that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I would, I would love to let everybody talk about their favorite one of these movies, but then we would do like Fast Five eight times a lap and we would yes. never get to certain movies. <laughs> yes. Oh, for yes. sure. So generally speaking, that's when, you know, when I'm like, hey, give me two or three. And when people have like, it's weird. It weirdly varies from lap to lap, but generally speaking, like this one and eight are usually the hardest to book because, like, they're you know, people either love two or hate two. I think collectively, people generally don't like two, but the people who like two are like, fuck yeah, I'll talk about two. But <laughs> this one and eight, for different reasons, just like Joe and I love them, but it, it, they're ones that are harder. So when you're like, yeah, this is like one of my three favorites, I'm like, cool. Yeah, I mean, Fast Five, we all agree, is better, but, like, the fact that you find things in this that you enjoy is more than most people. I think that's a, it's a, it's a benefit to the, uh, to the movie. I think Four is the one that has definitely most grown on me. It becomes more and more enjoyable every time I talk about it, every time we watch it again. I'm like, oh, and I find something new and interesting. Like, this time, there's, like, a little clip of Phoenix getting pulled away from a cockfighting ring. I totally didn't remember <laughs> that. Like what? Why was why was that included in the movie? I have no idea. But like it did, so like mm, fuck it, let's do it. You know, I noticed something new for the first time here that is something that we actively seek out, and I never knew until this episode or this this time. Tell me, do you know who gets the fuck in this movie? Oh yeah. Uh, No, I I'm unsure who gets it. Because then you know, like in in a PG thirteen movie, you get one use unless you're the Martian, then you get two. When I heard it, I said out loud, I was like, "There's their fuck." Yeah. 
Who is when it? Dom blows up the cars, Brian gets in his car and he says, come on, get in the fucking car. Let's go. Oh, I had never heard that before. Yeah, I, and I, I have seen this movie that. 10 times with this this podcast and At other least. times before. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It may be that it stood out for me because I was watching it with my girlfriend who also loves these movies and uh, she prefers to watch stuff with uh, subtitles on. So we had the subtitles on and I thought, oh, yeah, there's the F-bomb. It becomes a thing like in five, we know it's Hobbs in Hobbs and Shaw. It's spoiler. It's both of them. Like in eight, it's Helen Mirren. I don't know that there are in the first few. And then I don't know. I don't know that I had ever thought like this far back who got it. But yeah, Brian, I'm, I'm proud of him. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> I've never thought very about grown it before up. either. Yeah. I also, you know, we talked about this before, but I just thought it was how, how 2000s this movie was that like the tip off to why Compost and Braga are not who people think they are is because the guy came from the barrio and is wearing pink. It's like, all right, fuck, fuck, come on. Like now it's just like, it's like, yeah. Yeah. The guy who's not wearing pink is probably like less of a man. Right. Cause just like, yeah, look how cool I can look even in pink. Like there's like a weird, like reverse. I don't know, but just Wait, like, is that a yeah. thing? I'm, I'm not aware of that. No, I'm just saying that like, so in this movie, yeah, there's the, like the tip off is that like, but I feel like there's probably some kind of like manliness that like, you know, it's cool to wear things that aren't necessarily thought of maybe as cool, like kind of, yes. you know, kitschy or chuggy or whatever, right? Like there's probably like going to be a reclamation of things. So I can see, again, I don't know if it's real or did not. Ever, did you ever look at Young Thug? He does this shit all the time. Lil B, yeah, like I can all see the that people being like, oh, you, you think that wearing pink is not cool? I'm going to wear it explicitly for that reason and make it cool or whatever. So like, I just think it's like funny that back in 2009 or 2008, when they probably filmed this or whatever, that like the ultimate sign of like, Oh, this guy's not the thug he is because he's wearing pink. Actually, that's this now that you brought this up, I'm offended by this because Cameron had the full pink fur jacket so much <laughs> earlier than this, and he is like the coolest guy ever. And the manliest guy ever. Yeah. That's I mean frustrating. Suki wears pink. I know Suki's not, you know, yeah. stereotypically masculine, but Suki's cool. I mean, pink is cool. Let's let's just say pink exactly. is cool. Exactly. Yeah, the, you're right. This is funny that this is like they're like, we got him. He was wearing pink. Like, Dan, what's your girlfriend's favorite Fast and Furious movie? Is it also five? I actually didn't ask her, so and she's not here for me to ask, so I will have to get back to you on that. Gonna have to email in family at cageclub.me. Let us know. Will yeah. do. I think it's been a while for her as well, but I know she was like a big fan of them when they came out, like as they came out. The family that fast together stays together or something, <laughs> even though it's the food thing, but I don't know. It's like, uh, yeah, I was going to say like, like <laughs> the family doesn't eat together. Or... Oh, yeah. That's also weird. I, never, I mean, again, weird use of language, but fasting very the opposite of the family barbecue and so it's when they're literally not fast exactly Danny, you have any other thoughts or do you want to find out which fast and furious character you are no let me find out which character i am so this is a buzzfeed style personality quiz there are seven questions six multiple choice answers per question indisputable we're going to find out exactly who you are are you ready Absolutely. Question number one, how fast are you? NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? Uh, let's go Toyota Prius. Okay. We already established you're not very fast, but yeah. you are number two. How furious are you? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale in that one movie said that one time, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? I think I want to go kylo ren okay i mostly have a lid on it but you know sometimes i lose control we're having a barbecue how are you helping are you manning the grill saying grace kicking back with a beer babysitting 
being the entertainment, or sneaking a snack. Kicking back with a beer. You've got time to kill. What are you doing? Grabbing a bite? Working on your car? Hanging with friends? Drinking a beer? Working out? Or working on your computer? Let's do grabbing a bite. Describe your wedding. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. <laughs> Let's say just me and my partner. And the wedding is subtitled. <laughs> Close caption. Not subtitled. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? My own garage, a private plane. I'm gambling it all away. My childhood home, a fleet of cars, or a new life? A new life. Final question. Ooh, yeah. that, that, that might have sealed the deal. You just had somebody jump up. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or just, you know, Joe's getting a drink at the bar. Just get me one of whatever you're having. I'm going to stick with Belgian ale. All right. Oh. You are, I think for a while, you were a character we had never had before. Let me see if that's the case. But you got someone that we've had before. But let me just see if that would have been someone new. And then the new life, and it was just like, oh, no, here we go. Yeah, you would have been a new character, but... It's okay. Dan, you should be happy. You are your favorite character. You are Han. Nice. Very you nice. You are the ultimate example of cool. Even when things are spinning out of control, you keep calm, find a way through, and look smooth doing it. You know the secret to life isn't what you have, but who you keep around you. Your family means everything. They're a reflection of you, so you choose them carefully, and you're always there when they need you, and you drive like, like the, the wind, wind blows. blows. Can I ask who I almost got? You were almost uh, Queenie. You were almost Helen Mirren. Oh, that, that would have been cool, too. Yes. We've never had one of those, but uh, yeah, we've had a couple Hans, I think. Have we had Hans? I'm sure we've yeah, had we've Hans. Yeah, we've had Hans. We've had a couple Hans. Hans, yeah. Cool. Well, congratulations, you are Han, but now we have to play a game called This Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy, Do We Have a Podcast for You. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. So this is where we go on Twitter.com, a.k.a. The Bird app. Find any tweet from anyone. This is what we talked about before on Facebook. Just somebody who should be listening to the show, who probably doesn't know about the show, who you don't know. And find them, and we tweet at them from Too Fast, Too Forever, encouraging them to listen. Before we do this episode, though, we're going to look back at last episode, Too Fast, Too Furious, where we had Brendan Klinkenberg on. Now, he's sort of off Twitter, so he did not play. But, Joe, you and I both found tweets. Yes. I don't remember if we scored points or not, so we're going to find out. I think you did. I might have. If I did, I might have overtaken you. I found... Golden Road to Unlimited Devo at Faded AF Ruatha. Sorry I'm late. They were playing Too Fast, Too Furious on TV. I remember now. I said, I'm glad we both got here at the same time. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. It got two likes. One from Jason, who responded by saying, get him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> and also one from Faded AF Ruatha. One point, putting me for the first time ever, at least temporarily, Oh, no, I'm still, I'm still only half point behind you. I thought I overtook you. I'm sorry that I had such a dramatic buildup. I'm still half point behind you. God damn it. I was close. Okay. 46 to 45 and a half, though. Because, Joe, you found Minty slash Emery, Spider-Man emoji, Spider-Man emoji, Spider-Man emoji. I know it's spider emoji, but Spider-Man emoji. Yeah. At Peppermint Flyby. Okay, I'm biased because I'm so the biggest Fast and Furious fan on Earth, but holy shit, Fast and I was actually 10 out of 10 fucking ridiculous, cheesy, and 100% fast and furious we said we totally agree 
We're big fans of F9. We watched it six times since it came out. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. you. Nothing. Of course not. You, Joe, you are on an icy cold streak. I'm, I'm so cold. Cold-blooded, for sure. You I are am. cold as ice, willing to sacrifice, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Have you both found tweets that you are going to use? Okay, yeah, I, I, I found a couple, and I wasn't yeah. sure which you, one. You can, so now you can do more than one, but you have to pick one that you get the points for. Because, like, theoretically, we should do this, like, if we find ten great tweets, we should do it ten, ten times, but for the purposes of the game, you gotta pick one that counts. Sure. Now, well, now I'm torn between the, the actual tweet that I feel is most relevant and the one that might get more points. The one I like the most is 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 not necessarily going to get the most likes. Uh, I'm going to go with my gut, but I will share the other one just because. Um, yeah. Okay. It would be timely. So let me just share it just so you guys can enjoy it. Cool. All right. So now, Dan, uh, let, we're gonna let's respond to both. So the first one you sent is the one that you want to have count points for the game. Is that true? Yeah, we'll we'll go with that one. So okay, so what we're gonna do? Please read who it's from, read the tweet, and also describe the gif in there, and then we're gonna respond to it as us. So please hit us with your tweet. Okay, this is from Madison Russell at Maddie Russ Art. Yesterday for my birthday, we had an impromptu Fast and Furious marathon. I had only seen the first and Tokyo Drift before, and it was as delightfully silly as I hoped it would be. My new favorite thing is to grunt. It's about family at the height of the most ridiculous action. It's a great tweet. So we're going to say, Maddie, boy, do have a podcast for you. But how do you want to customize? What what should we say to Maddie to get her to to listen to the show? And thought about that. Something maybe. I mean, you could do something like, now that you've seen them all, if you want to go even deeper, blah, 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 boy, do have a podcast for you. Something like that. Maybe. Grunt, we're all family here. Uh, oh, yeah. I can, okay. I, can, I could do that. Like, Simple I could do like the asterisk, grunt, asterisk. We're all family here. Alternatively, do something about like a victory lap by working through the podcast. Um, Ooh, yeah. Now, After, so so now that you've reached now the that finish you've seen line, all no. the movies, take a victory lap and listen to all of our episodes. Well, that's kind of giving homework. I love the idea. The way that I said it, I don't love. Yeah, but I do love that idea. Now that you've reached the finish line, boy, do we have a podcast for you? That's very nice. Clean. There you go. Perfect. It's okay. and, and the gif is great. It's it's Brian like making that jump on the highway and the blue. Uh, yep, in six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you also just talk about the other one that we will just retweet because it's a it's a great one. Yeah. So uh, this one was tweeted by somebody with thousands of followers. Oh, he's from the Athletic. He writes for the Athletic, which is very cool. Okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Might be Thanks. the smarter choice if points are on the line. I thought it was it was nice and timely because everyone's debating on on what makes a Christmas movie. And so this tweet is from Taco Trey Kirby at Trey Kirby. And it says, excited to watch my favorite Christmas movie tonight. Jason Statham rescuing a baby to the sound of the chipmunk song. Please, (laughs) Christmas, don't be late in Fast and Furious 8. That's a really, really great tweet. The next time somebody asks me if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, I'm going to be like, no, but you know what is? Fate of the Furious. And they're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that, that that probably would have been the winner, but I had to go I'm with I'm saying, that. well, we're doing both. I'm saying we never thought about the Fate of the Furious being a Christmas movie, but man, oh, man, were we wrong. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. There you go. All right, Joe, did you find a tweet? Oh, man. It's like a whole thread of just greatness. You know what? I need to go with the first one. I'm going to resend it, or you can find it from that tweet link, and I, I can explain. Okay, it's from at multimodal Alex. Alex Phillips White 
His first tweet is, it starts with, the whole thread is incredible, so yeah, start from the top. I swear to God, the end of the Fast and Furious franchise is going to be the crew up against against certain death, and then Roman proves they are in a movie, and everyone ascends into the Neo Matrix plane, escapes, and demolishes their enemies with their new fourth wall breaking superpowers. (laughs) And then tweet number two, the first thought after that is, for real though, where to Cypher poop in that glass cage of hers in F9? (laughs) Yes, yeah, that's like, like... all of the, like the whole thing is great because I found it because he was like my favorite thing about Fast and Furious series is that Justin Lin was like Han's my character none of the rest of you deserve him and like that was like the, the first part that I found this whole thing is just awesome so just read through this this guy also looks like Matt did you click on this picture I didn't open the picture heart I mean well white guy with a beard right so and the hair it's the hair and it's the glasses and the cheesy smile yeah yeah exactly. not a bad thing not a good thing it's just you know so how do you want to what do you want to respond to Alex Phillips White with this thread is incredible. You seem like our kind of person. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. So now the thing with this is that Alex absolutely should be listening, which is also why he probably won't respond. Like, yes. it's almost too good. Yeah. He also has thoughts. Here, look, it's weird to name a kid after a friend who is still alive. There you go. I agree. We've talked about this before. He definitely should be listening. Yeah. I was looking before, and I found a bunch of ones that I liked, but I'm going to go with one. There was somebody tweeting about it. I just want to shout out. I want to see if I can find it. Uh, yeah, Painful Gamer at Painful Gamer One said, "This is on December 9th. We're less than two hours away, so let us pray they end the show. This is the Game Awards by announcing Fast and Furious Crossroads Two. It would truly be an epic final reveal." And then he quote tweeted himself and just said, "No announcement, worst Game Awards ever." <laughs> so that's not the one I'm doing, but I just love, I love that somebody's on Twitter like, you know, what make this night great. Crossroads Two. They, I, I hope that that was like fun satire and not just like trying to dunk. Right. It, I think he's genuine. I think he likes it. Good. That's awesome then. Yeah, I'm, I'm responding to him, but that's not the one I'm going to count. What I'm going to do is it's Ryan Cleary at Ryan underscore Cleary. And this is something that we have done similarly in the past. It's a picture of, I guess, I'm assuming it's a meme going around. I haven't seen it yet. What? But it's uh, Ben Affleck and J-Lo at a Lakers-Celtics yes. game. Recently, and he's yes. whispering in her ear and yep. just says, Tokyo Drift actually takes place after Fast and Furious 6 chronologically. <laughs> Which yes. I think you tweeted that one where it was the guy at the club where he's just like talking about girl it's who always clearly that. has no interest, yeah. right? He's like, look, Hector's coming in. He wants three spoon engines. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to find that. I'm going to do that. Just Hector spoon engines meme. Actually, I think it might have been the same. Thing. It might have been Han. Han is really in four, but the timeline, it's like the whole explanation of how Han is still alive. I don't know how you'd find it because it's like words on picture. So I don't know how to find that. Oh, so we got Michelle, uh, one of Justin's friends, liked the tweet that we retweeted from Dan. So he doesn't get any points for that. But, you know, you're, you're striking gold with our people. So I'm going to say to Ryan Cleary, Hector is going to be running three Honda Civics with spoon engines. And on top of that, he just went into Harry's and bought three T66 turbos and Nas and a Motec exhaust system. Perfect. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. I, lo- I love a I don't love a meme, but I love a fa- I love a meme that like normal people look at and don't think fast and furious and then like people out there who are like yeah it's a fast and furious meme it's just like yeah <laughs> you can memeify anything into a fast and the furious meme i think yeah, yeah 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 there's actually a second panel to this meme that like you see jlo turn and be like uh, afterwards yeah like <laughs> painful gamer says no thanks that game was two packs of ass never mind he was being sarcastic <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to say, boy, do we not have a podcast for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Dan, we've got one more game to play. This called Dude, What's My Car? Dude, what's my car? 
What? Your car, dude. So now, this the, the origin of this game is that I know nothing about cars. Joe knows a lot about cars. Our listeners send in pictures of cars for me to try to describe to Joe to guess. They've become very difficult. It used to be like, this is a Toyota Camry or whatever. Now it's just like, this is one of two that was manufactured <laughs> yeah. in 1911 in Germany and was never outside of Hitler's law. It's like, what? Okay. Yes. So now do you want to, again, wildly difficult on both sides because they're obscure cars. Do you want to help me give clues or do you want to help Joe try to guess the car? I think it'd be better for me to give clues. Totally fine. So I am going to, okay, then Dan, last thing, pick a number one or two. Two. I'm going to send you this picture. Oh, okay. At least I've heard of the manufacturer, so that's something. That's a good That's a good clue. That's a good way to start. Thank you. So the number is one or two. This was, we have two more from Jerry before he goes to his new format. So this is, we only have one more after this episode. Okay. So this one, subject line, exclusive car picks. I'm going to read some of the email while Dan receives what we sent. Okay. So this car, Joe, there's two pictures, and it's going to give it away. One's green and one's yellow. Actually, that might not. It might actually be a decent clue, depending. Because I is don't know. Is it a know. Lotus? No. Damn. Okay. I do know Lotus though. Named after a test driver. Test. Okay. Okay. So it's named after a test driver that the guy who founded this auto manufacturer hired in 1968, and the guy retired 40 years later, and then a year after he retired, this company named a car after him. So he was driving until 2008. Apparently, throughout his career, he's driven about 80% of all cars that were built by this manufacturer. Only 250 of these were made in his honor, and he acts as a, he still acts as a consultant with this company. And Jerry says, I would love to have my name on any one of, I'm not going to say what kind of, it's, it's, a, it's a hint here. On uh, just, I'm just saying, name on any car, but specifically the type of car that he is. I think it got to be Shelby, right? It's not Shelby. Hmm. Maybe Shelby died before then. Uh, so now what's crazy. interesting... Mario maybe, Andretti? Nope, 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 nope. The manufacturer is one of the most famous in the world. It is Italian. Big hint there. Yep. Ferrari? Nope. Lamborghini? Lamborghini. So that's... Who drove fucking Lamborghini? The make is Lamborghini. The model, I thought, might be named after this guy, because the, the model is also a person's last name, but it's the, the addition is the test driver. I don't know what that means. Explain that. Well, we'll get. We'll, I'll describe that in a second. But Dan, how would you describe these cars other than just beautiful and curvy? How would you describe these cars to Joe? Well, I mean, it's they look like Lamborghinis. So uh, <laughs> that's it's a yeah, good start. I like that. They they seem to have like a more lower profile than I'm used to seeing from a Lamborghini. I mean, lower than usual. This green one has a racing stripe down the front, white racing stripe. I don't think that really helps. That's oh, no, cool definitely though. helps. That's exactly the kind of clue I give. You are off to a great start. And that's that does not – I do not mean that to be sarcastic because okay. that's exactly what I so, would say in describing the car. It is not helpful, but right. it's exactly what I would say. So it is a it is a white racing stripe with a – like with with gold along the right yeah, side. Yeah, like a gold it. accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice-looking stripe. It looks like – and it was a precursor to the Aventador. It's not an Aventador, but it looks like an Aventador. Yeah. But also, that just means that it looks like a Lamborghini, right? Like, it just... Yeah, but what was it, like... Was Countach a guy? I don't know. I'm trying yeah, to see... Okay, it looks like it has normal, like, doors that swing out as opposed to... Gull wing You know, doors. go up. Yeah, yeah, no gull Oh, wing. okay. Here's a big hint. The car name is taken from the 18th century Spanish bullfighting breeder, Francisco, this guy. Oh, that's why they called an Aventador, the next one? No, no, no. It's not an Aventador. 
Yeah, I know, but like I'm saying that's why they call the other one an Aventador, because this he's like a like a bullfighter, right? Isn't that doesn't the, like a matador? Oh, I don't know. Oh, Hold probably. On. Right? Does that not make sense? I I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know what Aventador means. But Aventador is named after a Spanish fighting bull. No. There you go, yeah. matador Aventador, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Zaragoza, Aragon, in 1993. So that was named after a bull. This one is named after I don't know a who the bull guy breeder. <laughs> Sick. But so this was made from their 2003. Logo is a bull. So that's cool. So that makes sense. So the the this car was made from 03 to 13. It's the second car released under parent company Audi. Okay, yeah. Named for a famous breed of fighting bull. It was Lamborghini's sales leader and stable mate to a succession of V12 flagship models, first to the Murcielago, then to the flagship Aventador, being the first entry-level Lamborghini in one and a half decades. In November 2015, the last one of these was rolled off the production line. It was replaced by the Huracan in 2014. What was it? Uh, will it help if I tell you that uh, former Major League Baseball player, there's a pitcher, first name Giovanni, had this last name. No. It is the Lamborghini Gallardo LP. That makes sense. Five five o two Valentino Balboni. The Gallardo, yes, but yeah, the Valentino Balboni. Valentino Balboni is the test driver. That's the guy yeah. that they that they named this after. That's wacky, but cool. Send me a picture. I gotta figure out. I gotta. Re, I gotta recapture my mojo in this game because I feel like it's hard. I like finding things out on the wiki. Like this just becomes me like wikiing a car and finding out what things are from. Did you know the Gallardo? Have you heard of this before? Yeah, yeah, of course. I wouldn't have guessed the name. I'm, like, too stuck on, like, Aventador. I feel like I used to be better at giving clues and used to be better at guessing in general. We've both gotten worse at this game as this has gone on. <laughs> Spirals. And it's also, like, why. hot nights, and, and, like, I have nights that, like, my brain just isn't working. So there's some nights yeah. that, like, I know going into it, like, I'm not going to get this. But yeah. that's just how it works. Well, Dan's clue of the white racing trip, the gold accent, is exactly what I would have said if I had to describe one more thing about the car. So it looks like a Lamborghini, and it's green, and it's got a white racing stripe. So if you, didn't, cool. if, you, if you can't get it, what's wrong with you? Come on. Well, the that, that racing stripe does appear to be unique to that car. Oh, interesting, That's, interesting. Like, like the little gold stripe and the white stripe? Yeah, I'm not, see, I'm not really seeing it on other Lambos that I'm, like, looking up. But when you Google that particular one, like, there's a bunch of them, and they all have that white stripe down the center with the gold uh, along the side. Oh, so this is this is cool. So with Balboni's, or due to his request, unlike the contemporary lineup, this was a rear-wheel drive. Okay. Other features include recalibrated optional E-gear transmission, limited slip differential, which I know all about from Mona Lisa Vito, yeah. full leather <laughs> black upholstery with white color strips, polar white center console, a stripe down the center of the car, which we were saying before, Dan, yeah. yep. and a badge below the left side window bears a signature of Valentino Balboni and the production number of the car. Special one-off was created by the Singapore distributor of Lamborghini Eurosport, which had super Legera seats and a full, I don't know what that means. It can reach a top speed of 320 kilometers an hour, 199, and can hit 60 miles an hour in 3.9 seconds. That's insane. That's really, really fast. Pretty fast. Pretty, pretty, pretty the fast. The Huracans and, and the and the what like the the Huracans and the special the Speciale ones like the new ones are super, super fast though. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining. And thank I will you, say, Dan. even though you did not choose it as your tweet, 
Taco Trey Kirby, who did like the tweet. So I'm going to give you a point for that one. It's the bonus one, but I'm still going to... It's, it's the giving season. It's, it's a Christmas spirit. Oh, I'm going to give you a point for that one when we get there. Painful Gamer doesn't listen to podcasts anyhow, so he's definitely off a radar. But Taco Trey Kirby from The Athletic liked us talking about Christmas movies. So nice find. Dan, point to you coming in two weeks. But thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm glad. Like, I, so again, I've listened to the show. I was a little bit nervous to come on because I'm not like a super fan. Like you guys are. No. Crazy. <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm I'm glad that I could bring some sort of layman perspective uh, to this to this particular episode. Yeah, people are like, I don't know as much about you. It's like, yeah, but that's kind of the point. Like, it's you know, we've already we're we're so far down the rabbit hole that we need somebody closer <laughs> to the surface. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. I feel like we, we don't spend time like researching Fast and the Furious. It's just like osmosis, right? It's just like we've watched it so many times. It just is like, oh, yeah, we just remember all this dumb shit about it. Yeah, I, we've watched these movies 85 to 90 times in the last four years. Yeah, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. Like, and, and Dan, I know, like, and I want you to plug your podcast. I know that you'll watch a movie two or three or four times to get ready for one episode, but like, you don't do it again six months later. Like, it's not, you don't do that. Like, that, I mean, maybe you do for fun, but it's just like, yeah. And, and still, I will say, I've watched the movie. And I'm pretty sure it's the same with Joe. We don't skip the movies. It's not like, oh, I've seen, no, I've seen I one, you know, it. whatever. We're still watching it every single time. So. I watched it today. I did, yes. So I know that you might be self-deprecating in the layman whatever, but you're, however you descri- describe your opinion or your your perspective, but it's valuable because we are too far nobody wants to hear what we have to say about it we want your take so <laughs> thank you true. for providing that well i appreciate you having me on it was a lot of fun to um step out of my my usual like sphere and uh talk about something that's not monster related for a change but it is universal so what would you like to plug where can people find you online podcast social media anywhere you want to be found so you mentioned the show so let me start there uh mike manzi and i host um the monsters that made us which is a horror movie podcast we were Actually, most um, we were recently uh, featured in Variety magazine as one of, the, cool. one, of the, one of the 12 horror movie podcasts to make you scream. So that was a huge deal and, and just a really cool honor. So, um, yeah, if you like horror movies in addition to, to Fast and Furious movies, definitely check us out. We are working our way through the Universal Monster movies. Uh, so we started in 1925 with The Phantom of the Opera, and we're going to be going all the way to the 1950s with um, you know The Creature from the Black Lagoon and uh, Abbott and Is Phantom of the Opera the first one? Uh, so there's some uh, debate. You know, Some people would include uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame with Lon oh. Chaney as like the beginning okay. of the Universal Monsters. We decided to start with the Phantom of the Opera because we felt like that was more where the story of the Lemley family sort of like and their sort of reign over Universal Studios like began in earnest. And that's where like the the formulation of the, the Universal Monsters began. Some people okay. would tell you it's Dracula in 1931. You know, so there, there's there's definitely some flexibility. We may end up going back and doing the Hunchback of Notre Dame at some point. But I, I always viewed the Hunchback as as more of um, like he was ugly. He wasn't a monster. But the Phantom of the Opera is just uh, definitely he definitely qualifies as a monster. Well, it's just like how we skipped Better Luck Tomorrow and then we eventually went back and covered Better Luck Tomorrow. Right? Yeah, it's exactly. the same thing. Right. It's exactly one to one comparison. No questions. Thank you. <laughs> right. So yeah, we do one we do one episode, uh, or I'm sorry, one movie per episode. We're working in chronological order. We just released our 13th episode, I believe, and we are going to be recording our 14th episode tomorrow. That releases on the 31st. You have to wait all the way till the very last moment of the year. Yes. What is December? What is December's monster? 
So December 31st, we're going to release our Invisible Agent movie, which is the fourth. Wait, what? I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it's um, it's the fourth Invisible Man movie. And yeah. oh. it is uh, like like right after Pearl Harbor happened, Universal decided they wanted to make a movie like that would channel a lot of that um, American patriotic enthusiasm. Right. So the movie is about uh, the grandson of the original Invisible Man who has the invisibility serum and is sent into Nazi Germany as an invisible spy to bring back um, the names of German and Japanese spies operating in the United States and to okay. figure out and to figure out the date of uh, a surprise attack on New York City. Wow. Yeah, Invisible Agent is, is a, ton a little of complicated, but I'm into it. All right. Yeah, it's got Peter Lorre in it, who is one of the biggest names that we've got so far in terms of just cool. old school movie stars. But aside from that, he's kind of like the only the only big name. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited to to talk about that with Mike. Very, very cool. In addition to that, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Dan Cologne. Uh, I'm on uh, I'm on Letterboxd at Dan Cologne. And you can find all of our past episodes at cageclub.me. Perfect. Dan is one of my favorite tweeters, too. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Giant endorsement from me. So definitely give him a follow. I appreciate yeah. that. I try to keep it diverse. Yeah, you do. You make me laugh. So thank <laughs> Our next episode, the next episode for these gentlemen is The Invisible Agent. Did I get it right? I know you just said it, and I already feel like that's the wrong title, but it's The Invisible Agent? Invisible Agent, yep. Wild. Our next episode, which will be out, we're actually going to have a bonus episode next week, too, not on the Patreon for everybody, but next week, Joe, double dose, double duty, crank, crank high voltage. Both of them coming out. I'm so excited. With fan favorite Garrett Smith at the helm, not the helm, we're at the helm, but he's along for the ride crank and crank high voltage tuesday and friday bonus episode for everybody whether you're a patron or not i mean become a patron too fast you get those early dollar, you get the bonus episodes dollar, but everybody available next week crank and crank high voltage we are saying goodbye to the new year the old year saying hello to the new year i don't know whatever i lost my mind it would, it would it, in the episode my brain's off crank crank high voltage wrapping up 2021 with a double dose of chev chelios chev chelly double dose mm. <laughs> Might cut that. For all things yeah. Too Fast Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever, or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Thank you to everybody who emailed in today. Our cup did runneth over today, which was wonderful to hear. It did. Happy holidays and happy birthdays to those people who celebrated those already, even though they already happened. Wait another year for more. Uh, come back next week for Crank and Crank High Bolton. Check out our Patreon page. We had just put out the bonus episode for the Boxers Omen, the Shaw Brothers movie. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Dan Cologne of the Monsters That Made Us, and we'll tell you all about it. Bye.